Calm down. Get hold of yourself. Calm down. Now get back to your seat. I'll take care of this. Calm down. Calm down. Get a hold of yourself. Oh, do you want it on the phone? Everything's going to be all right. Sister, please don't handle this. Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Friday, September 2nd, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. Three main topics that we're going to be discussing today. First off is going to be the obviously tyrannical speech that was given by Biden the divisive speech that was designed to create division, designed to set a trap, in my opinion, that I've been trying to let people see for a long time. And I'm not the only one. The MAGA trap, as I called it the title today, but what we've seen from the discussions from Ukraine, from January 6th, from the way this has all been presented. And I think this was the, the effort, one of the clearest, most obvious, you know, from the top down efforts to drive action. And I'll make the points in regard to the other peripheral things we've seen, like him talking about F-15s to take down this country or, you know, all the different things and they're goading them into doing something. We're going to be talking about the bivalent injection and a few more studies that continue to show you why this is so incredibly not just unscientific and dangerous, but that this is, I mean, potentially designed to make this worse, depending on how you look at it, or they're just completely incompetent or malfeasant, however you want to look at it. These things are clearly right now hurting people. The addition of the new bivalent injection, the new injection, not the booster, is only going to make things worse based on everything we've already seen. But additionally, we have the information, uh, the study from Gert Vandenbosch and and plenty of others discuss how this is going going to make the problem worse because it's using all the same problems, right? It's not just because it's a different different, uh, focused variant you still have the lipid nanoparticles, you still have the mRNA, you still have the spike protein, and now you have instructions to make multiple kinds of, for, to address multiple things, and it's only going to make this worse. Not my opinion, but the experts out there who have done this their entire lives who just don't want to be who they don't want you listening to. We're going to go through that as well as a point at the end about masks, which I'm sure you've seen. Won't be a big, long point, but as I said, you've seen the title, not even making this up. There are already efforts and and colleges who are forcing people to wear masks because of the flu. And it's absolutely crazy. The idea that you have to wear a mask if you don't have a flu shot, even though there's no precedent for that on top of that, as if we, you know, our entire understanding has changed because of COVID, which is not even true. The idea of the background, the research, the science, the body of science has not changed. That's what we keep. It's only just come right back around to going, oh, yeah, that's right. Cloth masks don't actually work. And they're only still grudgingly and not letting you say out loud. But the fact that neither do N95s, they do not have a statistically significant effect on transmission. Same body of science. It has been since before this all started. But now they're pushing it on the flu. And guess what? The same locations are saying, well, you also have to wear a mask indoors, even if you're vaccinated, even if everything's still so don't trust the science then got it or the science the science meaning the narrative that you're listening to because they're telling you not to do that anymore but yeah apparently it doesn't matter the point is it's not about trusting anything other than what they believe is the virtuous thing to do or i guess that shouldn't be in quotes because they believe that but the virtuous thing to do 
or the, you know, original set narrative that now they've changed their mind on and they think that's the science, but the scientists are telling them to change, but they stick with the same narrative from the beginning. I mean, I don't even know how they rationalize that, but we'll go through all of it today. Or we're going to start off today with a couple of foreign policy points. This one from Ukraine. I just think this is absolutely too crazy to miss. This is from French press agency. Ukraine says it bombed a Russian base in a town where the UN inspectors, the International Atomic Energy Agency, were visiting Russian-occupied nuclear plant. Like, I don't think this had worked out the way that they wanted this to work out. Because at the end of the day, I don't know, I, if, if they are bombing a location where the UN inspectors are present, I mean, how is that something that, no, where is the corporate media, right? Where is the CNN and Fox News? Why aren't they losing their minds about how, how dare they bomb an international agency? Well, it's because it's, I argue is about somehow trying to set up the Russian government. Because that's what's continued to happen over and over and over. The Ukraine government says this happened with nothing to back it up but their word and all the media parrots it and turns out they lie. That's happened over and over and over. Verifiably, not my opinion. On top of that, they continue to try to say Russia's taking action around this that blames them for all these, you know, any number of things. And then they just openly bomb an international agency that they asked to come. I still think it's interesting they even go there during this time. I understand that there are reasons the International Atomic Energy Agency would go outside of trying to find out if you're making a bomb, but it seems very political. I mean, it's it currently obviously has nuclear power. It's obviously a nuclear plant. So I guess just checking whether to see if there's any problems. But why would that happen in the midst of an ongoing war when there's bombing that will continue after they leave? Like, it just doesn't make much sense to me. It seems very political. But this is interesting because nobody seems to care that Ukraine just attacked essentially the area where they were. And I argue if it would have killed people you might not have heard them admit this this is how this tends to go but either way that's an open war crime nobody cares on top of that here is the german foreign minister openly admitting what we all know she says no matter what my german voters think i want to keep my promise to the people of ukraine you know democracy and all right i'll list i'll do what i think is right because even though my people don't want that hashtag democracy M-O-C-K? Right, exactly. These people don't care what you think, and they love to yell the word democracy like we're going to show you Biden repeatedly saying, despite the fact that you verifiably don't even come close to having that, as even the corporate media has routinely wrote over the years that this is an oligarchy, which we all should be aware of if we're not children lying to ourselves. But at the end of the day, these people love to push that idea like it's you controlling everything that they do because that's what they want you to think. And it's verifiably not true, as even they'll admit in different ways. It's embarrassing that we hold on to this childish adult Santa Claus type of idea, because that's not what's happening. And we all seem to know that. And I'll get into more of Biden's speech and how hypocritical it all is, which applies to both all sides of the government, as always. But finally, the Pentagon launched a tiger team to speed up the sales of U.S. arms to foreign allies to better compete with China. Right, because that's all Americans care about, right? Sending weapons is anywhere, anywhere and everywhere, fast as possible, with little oversight, just to make sure China doesn't get any one-up on the government. Right, what does China having one-up on other places around the world have to do with you and your family being fed tonight? Or the fact that you have you know, security or any of these national security. None of this has to do with anything other than the U.S. preeminence and them seeing their, and this is the government I'm talking about, not the country, losing control over their assets and agendas around the world because they're losing their influence. So we're going to make up a thing to be able to rapidly send out weapons to, by the way, to which they already do to some of the most tyrannical, most illegal action. I mean, the, right now there's been, um, 
oh, I'm going to blank on the term of, or the name of the group. Dang it. There's a group out there that regularly takes stock of who sends weapons, who buys weapons and where, you know, the ones we know of, by the way, the worst of the worst ones happen like to the moderate rebels and they don't track those ones. You know, the terrorists that the U.S. government works with on the regular basis. But they will report yearly that the U.S. government sends weapons and sells weapons to some of the worst people around the world, or rather they call the highest risk, the people that use them against civilians, people that use them for illegal coups, right? And it's all on the record. That happens on the record, guys. And here, right now, they're openly sending weapons to Nazis in Ukraine, as they've been forced to admit. On top of that, there's legislation currently in the books that makes it illegal for the U.S. government to send weapons to the Azov movement or even circumvent to the government, which then ends up in their hands. I've shown you this many times, yet they seem to do it anyway because rules-based international order, right? Words. We love to say words, even though they mean things and they're not the ones doing any of that. That's, of course, hinting at his speech again. We care about, you can't use violence to achieve political ends, except that's literally what you guys do on a regular basis. And so do all the governments. It's embarrassing to pretend like that's not the case. But here's the point rapidly sending weapons to foreign allies it makes you realize that there's something increasingly the the time frame is speeding up we see who they are we see what they're trying to push through we're not having it that's what all this feels like but in any case more weapons going to bad people's hands which caused potentially very catastrophic actions that's the cornered animal kind of thing and then when you have some kind of you know small nuclear device go off somewhere which god forbid something like that happens that what do we, that they will use that to their advantage, especially when it's real. Like people often point out the idea of what if they release some real serious problem virus or whatever else we're talking about, and then people really get sick. Well, all they're going to do is say, see, we told you it was bad and push right back in. And most people will probably go along with it. But we, we need we should be asking, did they do that? Especially since they, you know, because that's conspiracy theory. You can't ask those questions, despite the precedent being there, which they've done in the past. Anyway, the bottom line is, guys, this kind of stuff is dangerous. And the people that they're working with are dangerous. So speeding up sales is the last thing that Americans want. And they don't care what you want because they regularly do things they want against what you want. They being the government, not one side or the other. Now, moving this over into the ridiculous situation that we're seeing from Biden and our government. First of all, must remember that we just talked about this on the 31st, right? The day before this. And she said, and I'll play this for you right now. And this is John Cooper. Uh, show, I'll, I'll show you his tweet thread right here next. But Kareen, uh, is Kareen or Karen? Kareen Jean-Pierre says the people who voted for Donald Trump are a threat to our democracy. Now, didn't, not verbatim, not the, that people who voted for Donald Trump, but that is what they're saying, guys. Let's be very clear about that. There's no side. There's no air in this. They're talking. Same, same thing with Kathy Holchel just said, you know, the, the era of MAGA. Go back to some, go back to Florida. Like it's very obvious what they're saying. So she's saying that if you voted for Trump or if you believe this or you're part of the MAGA movement, which by the way, I know plenty of people who are part of that, whatever they call that movement. They just, but they're, they're people that wear the MAGA hat and they believe in Trump. And I know plenty of them. They're good people. Plenty of them. I'm not speaking for every single person anywhere because that'd be dumb. There's probably bad people. There are bad people in any group you want to point at, no matter how high minded they think of themselves. But my point is, I know people like that, and I know that they just, I believe, are just taken by Trump. I believe they're fooled. But regardless, they're not people out there trying to create division and attack and violence and spit in people's faces and all the way they try to frame them. By the way, broad stroking an entire group of people used to be broadly regarded as blatant ignorance. 
you know, or racism, depending on how you're framing it. Right. But it's okay for them to do it. Maybe that's exactly why she's in that position. The part the problem here is that you are creating an obviously divisive tactic. You are literally saying this entire group of people are a threat to our democracy, not enough are not good enough to be here. How is that acceptable to anybody when this is an entire group of people, which, by the way, if you're going to say that about a whole group, you damn well better be able to prove that they committed some kind of crime. Now, you can't just point at January 6th, by the way, which the entire thing has been so incredibly broken and manipulated and lied about. So that's already fallen apart. But you can't just point at this massive big thing and say anybody who wears a MAGA hat is the thing we say they are. I mean, this has gotten so childish that I think everybody tends to see it. That's why I think it's this is kind of a clumsy effort to push it in. But either way, just as, let's just say for sake of conversation, there were people that were are part of the MAGA movement that are secretly plotting to blow up buildings and do terrorist attacks. I have no evidence of that, by the way, and I don't think that's happening. But even if that was the case, you can't just say that anybody in there is this thing. That would be the same way as saying all those people over there are this way, right? Because of their skin color, they all act this way. Because of the way that they do things, this is what they are. Because of the religion they practice, this is how they think. That's all dumb, all together. Right. All, the, all the, the first one, of course, they wouldn't say no, because that's what they are. But all the rest of them are the same concept. They're racist. They're bigoted. They're wrong. It's ignorance. And guys, I don't even need to sell you on this. Do you know that? You know what? She knows that. Right. That's the point. They know what they're doing they're- because I think they're choosing to divide the country. Now, let me play what she said really quickly. An extremist threat to our president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. Uh, the president has been clear as he can be on that particular uh, piece when we talk about a democracy, when we talk about our freedoms. Uh, the way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Uh, the, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom. God, God, she is so bad at this. I can't, that's the only, I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to poke into that for the rest of the time just because it's not worth it. But my God. Like, did they really expect her just, I mean, what, what did they expect from, did they even care whether she was good at this or not? Were they just hoping her righteous indignation would overtake everything? I mean, my God, she is so bad at this. You can't, I mean, I don't even know she knows what she's going to say when she starts the sentence. But the point is that she's just stumbling around when I talk about democracy and, and stuff and, and, and it's just, they're, they're the biggest threat of the democracy. Like it doesn't really, you can tell that she's not even clear or rather that she's afraid about what she's going to say the wrong thing. So she's just stumbling through the talking points and literally looking at the page from point to point. But all she's ultimately saying is because Biden says, that's it, that they're the most energized part of the Republican Party. And that he says they're the extreme. Let me just play the last part again. The Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Uh, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom. What is? What? Energized parts of the Republican Party? What crimes do they commit? Right? And you can't just point at one person that you've accused of breaking and entering on January 6th. You can't just broad stroke everybody. What did they do as a collective that you can claim that they're extremists? You can't just broadly say they're all racist because... While you're literally carrying out all sorts of racist and manipulative things all around the world, by the way, as Robert Inlikesh points out all the time in foreign policy. But who cares, though? Because we're hypocrites. They are. I'm speaking as them, obviously. I just this is so incredible. I said, wow, she's just coming right out and saying it. And remember, this is before the speech, guys. This was the day before. This is what this is what dividing the nation looks like. Don't take the bait, Republicans. 
believe me when you hear this guys i'm so i mean i i i don't i can't i could be wrong but i feel it in my bones that this is an effort to get you guys to take the bait to do something so then it can be used for the exact same way hashtag divide and conquer and this is normalizing extremism like it's crazy that they would turn around and call someone like me an extremist for pointing out objectivity you th- I mean, I keep, that is literally what they're most concerned about. People being objective and asking questions. Here's the next one. Or, or excuse me, oh, before that, this was his thread. So it's, she ba- he basically points out that she's po- saying that they're a threat to a democracy. And not five minutes later, without a hint of irony, says, quote, violence of, or threats of violence have absolutely no place in our society. Well, what do you think you're doing with them? If you're literally acting like they're all extremist terrorist threats, you're not saying we're going to take violent action, but what do you, what's the argument there? So what needs to be done? Well, we need to take care of that. How so exactly? Well, you pick any direction you could possibly go in with what they would say violent terrorists should be dealt with. Obviously, it's violence. You're talking about taking action against them in some way. I mean, I don't, I don't imagine you're going to round them all up and take them over to Venezuela, right? You're going to do something, or at least that's the insinuation. So I agree. It is ridiculous to stand there and speak like to divide the country down a party line as if they are not part of this country anymore and then go, but violence has no part. Are you going to feather them out of the country? I mean, I understand what you think you're talking about. It doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're sitting on. We need to denounce that. They love to say those things and then literally come back around and talk about violence. And I'll get to the point where they are willfully ignorant about the violence the Black Lives Matter movement was carrying out under the, under the argument of protesting. That's okay, though. Isn't that violence to achieve a political end? Yeah, but we b- agree with that one. Oh, okay. And it says, and don't forget, while she lectures us about threats to democracy, she claims without evidence the 2016 presidential and 2018 Georgia governor's race were stolen. Another important point. You know why? Because Biden makes a huge statement about how we can't, we need to take, accept the, the, the results of these elections. And he very strongly says that, right? Well, how do you explain 2016 then? Like, it can't be that easy to show how stupid these people are or that they don't care whether you see it if they're hoping that the majority doesn't look. So it's okay to, or rather that it's okay to question the election when you think something happened, but not anybody else ever in history. It's very stupid. That's how dumb this is. And I think most people can see it. Here are the tweets. I'll show you next. Following up on her comments yesterday, she, and this is the point coming to, this is to the first. When the speech was, uh, well, the speech was yesterday, I believe, right? Uh, wait, let me see. Yeah, it was yesterday. She says, again, that Trump supporters are threatening political violence and they are attacking our democracy. Right. Now, if that's happening, by the way, threat, threatening violence is a crime, especially if you're doing it against a public figure, which it's a little bit of a flimsy argument for me personally. From where I stand, I don't think words are violence ever personally. But at the end of the day, There has to be crimes committed for them to be able to even make these statements, especially as people in their positions. But they don't care. I mean, this is libelous if you really want to go there. The idea that you are creating a situation that is going to drive action against them by other people and then blame them for it. That's ultimately what would happen. That's my opinion, of course, at the end there. But here's the tweets that she shares about these elections. What you think about the hubris it takes to stand here and act like you're not allowed to challenge the elections and anybody acting like the election was manipulated or stolen is a criminal. 
Except here she is saying in 2016, stolen email, stolen drone, stolen election. Welcome to the world of unprecedented Trump. So you're literally saying the president of the country is not the president and it was stolen. How is that any different? Oh, because you just don't agree with this time and you agree with one. You agree with one, not the other. Okay, so it's completely subjective. That's what children do. We're, we're kindergarten level here, and they know that. They just hope you don't see it. Here's the other one. Reminder, Brian Kemp stole the, guberna- the, the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams, of course, you know, that woman that they pro- propped up in front of you as if she was going to be something, as if they all knew, and then it just didn't happen. Very weird. I, see, people are supposed to take certain positions. That's not, this is the illusion of the political process, guys. And at the end of the day as well, I mean, you might even argue that the fact that it didn't happen challenges that. It would be a fair point. But again, she later became exactly what they wanted her to. But post a link to governor admits he didn't know a synth of people could pass the virus. I didn't age very well because that's not true. But who cares, though, right? So they stole both those elections, and that's okay to do. Okay, but now we're going we're gonna to watch through this, guys. Now, I'm going to get to the rest of the stuff there, but please stay to the end. I'm going to try my best not to stop this all the time. But I'm going to try to make my points and I'll do them quickly. But I have to make points as we go through this because this, guys, this speech is unbelievable. Now, there's plenty of people out there trying to lay, you know, to gaslight about this and go, he's just talking about no, like calling for no violence and calling for unity. What's wrong with that? I mean, if you if that's really your takeaway, you're you that's it's. You are choosing to ignore the obvious divisive tactics. If he just came out and said, let's all be unified and stop doing this, well, that would, then that would be true. It's not what he said, though. He literally came out and verbatim said that the MAGA group are like basically terrorists. He said they are extremists and they have no place in this democracy. Now, let's ask a question about how many people are perceived themselves to be part of the MAGA movement. I bet you it's a hell of a lot more than we realize. And I bet you it's a hell of a lot more than they want you to think. Either way, guys, let's just say it's 10% of the population. It's probably a lot more than that. You know how many people that is? You know what this feels like for them to be sitting here, especially someone who's not even remotely violent, somebody who just believes in Donald Trump, who is sitting there in their house and believing in the democracy and the Constitution and whatever else, and the President of the United States stands up and says, you're a bad person, you're a disgusting extremist, and you have no part in this country. What do you think that will do to them? I don't know, maybe extreme... Uh, well, that was, I threw that up, create extremism. <laughs> That's what it will do. It's the same thing they do overseas when they murder people's families and then call them terrorists. You know what it does in many cases later turns them into people that take violent action because they know that the playing field is not fair. So somebody in the chat actually says I'm pro MAGA anti-Trump. There you go. Right. Make America great again is actually what that stands for. And that the funny part about it is, is that, you know, you know, my stance throughout this whole process. I do not believe that Donald Trump is the person they believe he is. I personally feel that's been proven. Now, I don't know whether or not he knows that or he was played or he chose to lie or I still can't even fathom how he is supporting the vaccine after all of his supporters and what they continue to say. I mean, for crying out loud, they boo him in speeches when he brings it up and he still keeps promoting the vaccine. So you can think, of, I, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend I would know. He's choosing to take that line still for some reason. Maybe it's hubris. Maybe it's because he knows it'll be used against him. But in any case, the bottom line is we can see that that's, I, I personally think we can see that that is part of it. So now you have a lot of people who may still believe in the movement, let's say, but not, you know, but be questioning larger topics. I mean, the bottom line is you can see pretty clearly that people that are Trump supporters, by and large, 
And that's including a lot of people, whether MAGA or the, the QAnon people that I think are extra, extra off the rails. But I would argue more so than any other group you can point at are hardcore believers in the Constitution. That can't be a bad thing. But at the same time, I would argue many of them would be willing to let the Democrats be censored and not care about that, which is how the two-party paradigm ruins logic. But in any case, it's ridiculous to claim that they're unconstitutional. Now let's go through this, and I'll, I'll, I'll stop it as minimum as possible. And then obviously the first part is just the way that this all looks. Right. I mean, with the Marines and of course, they're trying to act like this is super normal. It's not normal. Everybody recognizes how not normal this is. It doesn't have to necessarily be ominous, but that is the feeling that you get like the like all of a sudden when I think it was New York and they turned the, the building all red and turn that siren on. And they were like, oh, just normal test. No big deal. It's like, no, it wasn't. That was a very unsettling and intentionally disconcerting action. Red is usually bad. Red is alarm. Red is danger. Right. That's what that usually means. Now, maybe if they're Republicans, you could say, well, they're Republicans, but they're not. They're Democrats. So what's with all the red? What's with the, the ominous feel to this? You are trying to be exactly what you are acting like you're not. My fellow Americans, <clears throat> please get that, get that COVID out of the way. If you have a seat, thank you. I speak to you tonight <clears throat> from sacred ground in America, Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This is where America made its declaration of independence to the world more than two centuries ago. For people like <clears throat> that, an idea unique among nations that in America, we're all created equal. This is where the United States Constitution was written and debated. Well, that's a funny way to start, isn't it? Except the MAGA people, though. They're not. They're not allowed. We're all equal except them. This is where we set in motion the most extraordinary experiment of self-government the world has ever known. With three simple words, we the people. We, the people, these two documents and the ideas they embody, equality and democracy, are the rock upon which this nation is built. Yeah, except you actively in every possible way try to undermine that in ways that you don't like. You can't act like you support the Constitution as a rock foundation of our entire country and then actively to act and try to stop and, and remove the Second Amendment. Right. That's how these things are meant to be. They are inherent, God given standing. Amendments that were added, which is still part of the Constitution, were not repugnant to the Constitution. That's why they're and, and, they're, and they're important, as we can see going forward. But the reality being historically that these things are they're just God given inherent. They're there in whether or not that was ever written. That was the entire point. You have a right to those things. You don't get to vote and change that. See, we've, we've been manipulated over the years to not understand this. They act like they're the ones that dole out your freedoms because they say so. They would love for you to think that. But you can't attack the Second Amendment or the First Amendment and act like you believe in the Constitution, right? That's just simply ridiculous. They're how we became the greatest nation on earth. They're why, for more than two centuries, 
America has been a beacon to the world. But as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. So tonight, I've come to this place where it all began to speak as plainly as I can to the nation about the threats we face, about the power we have in our own hands to meet these threats, and about the incredible future that lies in front of us if only we choose it. We must never forget, we, the people, are the true heirs of the American experiment that began more than two centuries ago. I mean, does anybody feel that way? Truly? I mean, our audience will have a different opinion, I'm sure, than the people in this audience. But the idea being, that do you feel that, that the people of this country are the, act, are the ones actively making choices and driving this and the reward? That, I mean, it's just, it's, again, childish to act like that's what's happening. Like, you could, st- you could argue that maybe the, the ruling faction of this country still does what they think is right for everybody. But this notion that we are the ones, I mean, from lobbyists to outside influence to corporate entities to for, I mean, across the board from the World Economic Forum, it's so plainly obvious that we are not even remotely behind the wheel. We just have to recognize that. We, the people, have burning inside of each of us the flame of liberty that was lit here at Independence Hall. Now, I will agree with that in the sense that this is what they're trying to take away from us. Every single moment, they are trying to take this away, trying to drive us in a position where you no longer like this. And I'll always, I'll always put the caveat out there that, you know, if the, the, the founding fathers, the, the discussion of the Declaration of Independence, the discussion of the Constitution and what these things actually mean, it's obviously changed over the years. Not what they mean, but how people have perceived it and how they're regarded. Regardless of whether it was ever rooted in genuine discussion or actual change, it has taken root in people like us, right? That I believe in the tenets of the Constitution and maintaining that because I believe that it can be driven and, you know, followed and used in a way or or respected in a way that allows for a better society. Now, I don't believe in the I personally don't even believe in the concept of democracy. I believe in, tr- in, a, in an actual anarchistic society that, that doesn't mean chaos. That's one of the biggest manipulations. I just don't think it's very possible in the world of the way it is now to drive that into the re- into the reality. As always, it means no it, does, it means no rules, not, or not uh, no. Excuse me. It means no rulers, not no rules. They always want you to think that the anarchistic society is chaos. Well, no, it's not. Now, I could do an entire show explaining and trying to walk people through how a society like that is actually more functional and better and on and on and on. But that's for another day. The bottom line is they want to drive this in to make it seem like what they're protecting is something that they've broken a long, long, long time ago. A flame that lit our way through abolition, the Civil War, suffrage, the Great Depression, world wars, civil rights. Right. World wars, which they caused oppression, which they caused like, you know, much of what they're discussing are things that they put you in position for, whether their own benefit or to reap your, your reaction. Right. Then all these things are like that. That sacred flame still burns. Now in our time, as we build an America that is more prosperous, free and just. Building it back is what he's talking about. Right. That's what they're talking about. Now, I believe in this flame he's discussing and the idea that Americans truly believe this. But these people standing up here are not the ones that we should be personally even even 
dealing with, but, but at the end of the day, don't believe in what they're saying here. That's my opinion. That is the work of my presidency, a mission I believe in with my whole soul. But first, we must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, here's an interesting point. Why is Donald Trump an extremist? You know my opinions of him, and you know I have no love for the for for the, you know what I believe he represents and what he is and what he's done in the past and what I think he's manipulating today and on and on and on. But there's, I mean, there's been it doesn't even matter. The point is that why would he be an extremist? Right. Because of what you think he believes, because of what you think, wink, wink, he really tried to do behind the scenes. Like this is the way they play this game today. Talk about the scapegoating thing we just talked about. Here we are again. Right now, they just they love to just encapsulate an entire argument under the assumption it is because don't you all know? Haven't we all agreed already? Isn't Trump an extremist? Don't we know that? What did he do exactly? Said some distasteful comments that you just didn't like. I mean, really, guys, and you know I am not defending anybody in this situation because I think they're all part of it. But this is just so outlandish to me. On top of that, then encapsulating every single person that they, I mean, they're trying to make it seem like some fringe militia group. It's not, though. It's a huge part of this country. And anybody thinking that's acceptable, regardless of how crazy you think they are, is, is outrageous. Like talking about, let's just make it about the Q discussion. Right. Why wouldn't that be the focus there? They've listed the Q discussion in all of these things. I think I think because they've realized that this has completely fallen off. I think most of them don't. They realize the Q discussion has been manipulated and so on. And so they just kind of moved over and just broadly went to the MAGA group. But my God, guys, this is what extremism looks like. This is an extremist. I want to be very clear, very clear up front. <clears throat> Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Now, that's the one thing they changed here. I mean, remember, it's very clear that that Pierre, uh, uh, whatever her name is again, Karine uh, Jean, Jean-Pierre, said this on the 31st, right? So this had already been set. They knew this was going to happen. She came out and clumsily tried to patch it together. We did a terrible job and put out the idea. Then he came around and they they gauged the response and they came back out with the point that they are they probably felt would tone it down a little bit. Well, not all of them, and it's not even the majority. I mean, do you is that true? I would I, I mean I would argue that most of the Republicans are on the other side of like there's the you know what they would call the rhinos you know Republican in name only the ones that support the idea that Trump may be bad in the future and blah blah blah. From what I can tell, that's not the majority. I, re- I think they really want you to think it's a fringe group so they can try to frame it like this. That's just my opinion. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. So you, so you know a couple people in Congress that agree with you. Therefore, they're not all like that. Like this is the kind of subjective grasping argument that they make every damn day because they want to. All the time. Now, I'll get to the point of the other side of this, which I always do. The, the absurdity of pretending like this argument that these people are extremists, despite not even seeing very many examples other than the very flat January 6th attempt to frame them to argue that they're all extremists. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't extremist people, 
like the Charlottesville discussion, which is what they want you to think about. But don't forget, that was the Azov movement. That was their international arm. That's not my opinion. That's on the record. They even had meetings with them in the Ukraine and the United States. And to watch them be rolled out, we know it's an entity built by the CIA since decades and decades and decades ago in Ukraine, as well as other places. So what are we talking about? How about we look at the other side about all the different groups like Antifa and all these openly violent groups that they support with? Or when you have people like Maxine Waters go, get in the streets! Right. That's okay? These people are hypocrites. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. These are hard things. But I'm an American president, not a president of red America, blue America, but of all America. That's just not true. You, you, so what's insulting about that statement, first of all, is it's not true broadly. As I've made clear from the bit, that it's on both sides. They, they rule as if they're the, they're the, the leader of their party, not the country. But even then, you can't say that you're the president of all the people and then literally say, except that big group right there. I mean, why do we don't why don't we laugh out loud about that? People that are these should be like, are you serious? You just said they're I'm the president of everybody except that big group. Why? Because you just argue that they're crazy and extremist. Like, is there any evidence to that? What have they done? Oh, January 6th. That's all they have, guys. Now, I know that right there will lose people because they've already decided January 6th is what they're supposed to think it is. But it's blatantly false. Blatantly. I mean, how can you argue it's an armed insurrection? Why do they even feel the need to lie about that? Well, because they desperately need that to be the case. It was not an armed insurrection. Now, somebody commented the other day arguing, no, it was because they had this and they had pieces of this off the ground and they picked up a stick and it's, they had a, that's a weapon, right? So therefore it was armed. I mean, they just go out of their way to make this effort or the fact that you don't even need to be armed for it to be an insurrection. It's like, okay, well, you're making two points now. <laughs> is it, was it an insurrection or was it an armed insurrection? The bottom line is it's not an armed insurrection if they weren't armed. As in guns. That's what they're talking about. That's what they want you to think when they say armed insurrection. You don't go in there with a bunch of sticks and shields and say armed insurrection when there's armed police guarding everything. Right? This is an effort to lie and manipulate. And I believe it's my duty, my duty to level with you, to tell the truth, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. Now, I'm going to try not to make the same point over and over about, and I'm, I, I know I'm stopping more than I said I would, but the idea that this is all of them. Just keep that in your mind the entire time. Every single point he's making is a broad stroke argument about literally anybody who is in the MAGA movement. Which, by the way, how do they even define that? If you're going to make this an extremist group, there damn well better be some parameters, but guess what? They'll make some arbitrary argument, but there's not. There's not, some, there's not an, an official organization of people that are, I mean, there's MAGA groups and organizations, but it's not some entity that's got a charter and different groupings and here's what we do on a daily basis and here's the people we're going to attack. You know who does? Antifa, right? Oh, who cares about that though? The idea that this is what they're saying it is is stupid. But the idea that you're broad brushing it every single time and saying every one of them doesn't believe in the Constitution. Every one of them are all about violence. The only people taking this in are people that have already decided this before it ever started. And are laughing because they hate Trump. That's not everybody. 
I believe most people see this as a flimsy effort or laugh because they're on the MAGA side. Either way. But uh, the main point I said at the beginning, these people are aggressively pro-Constitution. That's the one thing I always point out. That's why I argue Trump was put in that place or allowed to win because it pacified the most, the people that would aggressively push back the most, the militias, the constitutionalists. They all said, oh, well, Trump's in office, so we don't need to do anything. Had it been Hillary Clinton who initiated martial law, who initiated the Defense Production Act or locked the country down, they would have lost their minds and they should have because it was crazy, but they didn't because it was Trump. But to argue they're not constitutionalists, I mean, that's just crazy. But it doesn't matter. The truth is not what this is about. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And there it is. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. Okay, so let's be clear about this part, right? So... They're they're against elections and 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 they're pro anti democracy and and they're so but they're going through the democratic process and people are getting elected through their own ploys and efforts and gimmicks which is what politics is and they all do it lobbying and and everything else they can to get people elected in smaller areas which will help them in the future which is just politics there's nothing nefarious about that other than the, that they say they are nefarious but so how can they go through the democratic process people can vote them in over Democrats. And then you say that that's a problem. Isn't that democracy? Aren't you right there being exactly what you're saying you're, they're not supposed to be? Oh, yeah, but it doesn't matter, though, because we're allowed to be that because they're the bad guy. Right. That's always what this is about. Just like I'll play that clip in a minute, the idea that, well, if they're bad, we, we can justify being this or doing that on Bill Maher or whatever they said. You know, it's OK. We can hide the, the Hunter laptop story because Trump's bad. And that's OK, because we're the good guys. I mean, this is just ridiculous. They got elected and you don't like that. So because you don't like them, you simply just call them. I mean, it's the same thing it did in Bolivia, let's say. B- Morales gets elected, independently verified all around the world. Same with Venezuela, by the way, by all sorts, hundreds of independent. But, but they just go, no, no, fake election. No evidence of it. They just, they just let it happen. Then it, Morales is removed by a military junta. And the very groups that were screaming, we need democracy, suddenly got real quiet when a military junta took power and went forward from there. Is that democracy? I mean, it's just, it's silly. They just say what they want. Nope, it's not a real election. They're lying to you guys. And that's what's happening here. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards. Backwards to an America where there is no right to choose. Who said that? Is this some kind of stated mandate they'll agree on and have all signed? So why are you arguing you know what every single MAGA person thinks and wants? Why are we allowing this kind of childish dialogue? They can't possibly know what they want. Now, if you're going to argue that the leaders of these movements are driving them that direction, that'd be a little more nuanced. But that's not even arguably true because you can't, maybe they think that secretly. But they're not arguing they're taking choices away. In fact, they're arguing to have more choices. They're arguing you should have the ability to make your own decisions. Now, yes, there are people in regard to certain topics. This is, of course, focusing on Roe versus Wade, where many of them would like to be able to argue that you're not allowed to do this because they believe it's wrong. But that's not what's happening. The Roe versus Wade from the Supreme Court level simply said that the states should decide, which, by the way, shocker, is more choice, not less. But who cares about any of that? It's all about how they want to frame it. It's just trying to show you how disconnected from the truth this is. No right to privacy. 
no right, right to privacy. Are, I mean, I, I, really? Like we're in a position where everything you're doing right now is a, you have to tell us what your vaccination status is. You have to go through your digital IDs. You have to let yourself be surveilled. You have to expedite the process into the new great reset world that you're talking about building back better, which is the opposite of privacy. But because they want to, I mean, I don't even know what that stems to. What are, what are they talking about rem- removing your privacy about? I'm sure that's some weird angle of the Roe versus Wade conversation. There's more than the wedge issues you force on us, Biden. I'm sure maybe he doesn't know that. Who knows? But the point is they are only focusing on the small things in front of them instead of the bigger agenda that they're clearly pushing in, which removes your privacy, removes your choice, removes your freedom. Right to contraception. No right- which, by the way, Trump has playing a part. Right to marry who you love. Who they says that? Authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights. Right. Like supporting the Black Lives Matter movement when they're rioting through cities. Right. That's OK. Like, even if you think that's OK, the point is, it's just simply a subjective choice that their meaning and actions are done for for this purpose. I agree with. Therefore, that is OK. Well, it's still violence to achieve in a political end, which, by the way, is actually the definition of terrorism. But the point is. That's what they all do. All the governments, all the groups, they're all doing that. Right. So to simply argue that we don't agree with that is just childish, first of all, because it's happening all over the world. The U.S. government is currently in every possible way on a daily basis using violence to achieve political ends. You could argue that it's for good ends. You know, fighting for freedom or whatever. Still the same thing, though, isn't it? To the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law. To the very soul of this country. The they look at the mob that stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th, brutally attacking law enforcement, not as insurrectionists who placed a dagger at the throat of our democracy, but they look at them as patriots and they see their MAGA failure to stop a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 election as preparation for the 2022 and 2024 elections. I just think it's really interesting, and it's always a point to be made, right? That let's just say this was an armed insurrection, which it wasn't. And the entire focus and effort was literally about occupying that to give it to Trump, which is clearly not what happened. He was the most unorganized and milling around effort I've ever seen, or that wasn't what the game. I mean, I'm sure some of them might have had that mindset, you know, led by people like Ray Epps, who weirdly never got arrested for anything. You know that story. But the bottom line is, and we're talking about people that didn't really achieve that. But let's just say it had been that, an armed insurrection with the effort to take this from tyrants. Now, whether that's true or not, do you realize that the, the Constitution literally outlines that that's the case? Same with the Declaration of Independence, by the way. There's a specific line in there that argues that you should, if you have the ability, that it's your obligation to step up and remove government that is no longer working for the people. How can those how can it be in both our founding documents that he right now in the beginning of the speech points at and then argue that people that are acting with that mindset are unconstitutional? I mean, that's just stupid. It's the opposite, in fact. But all I'm saying is that that is something outlined for the and, and these people truly believe that this is the case. Then how could you argue that's even un-American? At the end of the day, we know that there was election manipulation. There is every single year, 2016 and 2004 every, before. It's, this is how it works. And it's been proven. But it's interesting that they don't like you to think about that. And I think that's why they're trying to make something that is literally enshrined in our founding documentation as your right as the we, the people to step up and be like, we don't believe you represent us anymore. And remove them. Now, that doesn't have to be violent. I'm sure they would make sure it was. 
But the idea is that that is the foundational concept of this country. They're trying to make that the opposite of it. Interesting, isn't it? They tried everything last time to nullify the votes of 81 million people. As you guys did in 2016. Same exact thing, right? It's funny how that one's different because you believe in one. This time, they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. That's why respected conservatives like Federal Circuit Court Judge Michael Ludwig has called Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans, quote, a clear and present danger to our democracy. There's a reason those words were used. But while the threat to American democracy is real, I want to say as clearly as we can, we are not powerless in the face of these threats. We are not bystanders in this ongoing attack on democracy. There are far more Americans, far more Americans, from every, from every background of belief, who reject the extreme MAGA ideology than those that accept it. How do you even know something like that? Right? I mean, this is the kind of thing I want us to think about. How do you even know that? How could you possibly know what every American or that the majority of Americans don't agree with the MAGA? I mean, because it's just simply, first of all, there's half the country out there that probably at least is, is in line with the idea of the Republican mindset. It's just, it's just a silly thing to argue. And I, I get frustrated with how they push their ideas as the reality, which is what they do with COVID-19 and everything else. And folks... It's within our power, it's in our hands, yours and mine, to stop the assault on American democracy. I believe America is at an inflection point, one of those moments that determine the shape of everything that's to come after. Also, think about how this entire speech, from what you've heard so far and all the way to the end, is, is contentless. He's saying they're bad and they do bad things, and we all know that. Here's what they all do, and here's what they all think, and here's what they took away from you. It's just Biden saying a bunch of things. There's nothing, there's no meat to this other than MAGA bad guy, and let's all stand up and fight them. Right? What, where is the evidence of the argument? There isn't any. They're resting still on January 6th, which is exactly why they were so desperate to keep it a thing, even though it didn't end up the way they wanted it to. And now, America must choose to move forward or to move backwards, to build a future or obsess about the past. Okay, here's where he comes, the, the, the false dichotomy, right? So ultimately it ends up being move forward, great reset, build back better, biosecurity state, which is obviously what they're doing, and whether this is connected or not, and it is, or Trump, right? So it's either MAGA or the great reset. Which, by the way, that's not even a fair choice because I argue there's plenty of overlap there. But they just that's how they're creating the argument, right? The, the past is MAGA. The future is wherever they drive you into as long as you're not okay with Trump. To be a nation of hope and unity and optimism or a nation of fear, division, and of darkness. How exactly has we just lived? What about the two years we just lived through? Has that been fear and division and darkness? Yes. In every possible way. Now, it's been exponentially worse than even Trump's administration. But I've always argued that it was just the, the natural progression of the increasing of the agenda. Right. Trump allowed, you know, set this all up to where he could continue forward, whether that was the plan or not. Had Biden been in there first, I argue it would have been the exact same way with Trump leading us in the same way. 
That's my opinion. I could be wrong. But either way, his administration thus far has been nothing but darkness and pain and, and sadness. So why is he acting like it's any different? MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive <laughs> on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. These are just words. This is just together. Together, we can choose a different path. We can choose a better path. I just don't think we're this stupid. Forward to the future. A future of possibility, a future to build and dream and hope. Right. These are all nice, fluffy rainbow words, right? But what's the meaning of all of it? And I would say the same thing when Trump speaks. They're all the same, guys. These people are all the same. And it's all about emotionally persuading you to believe in the thing they want you to focus on that day. Path moving ahead. I know this nation. I know you, the American people. I know your courage. I know your hearts. And I know our history. This is a nation that honors our Constitution. We do not reject it. This is a nation that believes in the rule of law. We do not repudiate it. This is a nation that respects free and fair elections. We honor the will of the people. Come on, guys. I mean, see, this is the most embarrassing part about this, right? Are we really going to act like this is a country that believes in the rule of law? I mean, there's an endless amount of examples. I mean, just the Ukraine points I just showed you. They're blatantly not following the rule of law. It's, a, it's rampant lawlessness. It's been this way for a long time. So just because you want to stand there and act like the counterpoint to what you claim the MAGA movement is doesn't just change the reality of this country. Now, excuse me, the, I even fall into that trap. The reality of this government, which is obviously not that, or the fair elections. Are you seriously not? I mean, how about the fact that we just talked about the Bolivia's, Bolivia's election or Venezuela's election or Syria's elections or any other elections that you just don't want to agree with so you claim they're false? Or you manipulate or just say, screw it, we'll just invade and occupy. Is that is that fair elections or the fact that you guys have been caught doing I mean, this election in particular? Now, I don't care whether you want to believe or not that there was manipulation, because guess what? It happens every single year. I've proven this over and over. There was 100 percent manipulation in the election between Donald Trump and Biden. It's verifiable. Now I can show it to you on all sides. But the point is that this is the case. So they're okay with the illusion of the fair election as long as they all get to cheat and lie and steal. Because that's what they do. Read a Pompeo's book, right? Lie, cheat, and cheat. Lie, cheat, and steal. But the reality is that's such a that's an insult to our intelligence. I deny it. The nation that believes the American people. I know your courage. I know your hearts. And I know our history. This is a nation that honors our Constitution. We do not reject it. Except for the first and the second and any other thing that gets in the way of our agenda. But yeah, we honor it when we want to. Or they honor it, I should say. This is a nation that believes in the rule of law. We do not repudiate it. Or all the other bad guys. Not us, no. We can break it when we want to. This is a nation that respects free and fair elections. We honor the will of the people. We do not deny it. Right. We'll tell it to the Syrians, and the Palestinians, and anybody else that they do not care what they think or do. They just lie. Like, how about when the, you know, the new governor, Iraq, said you guys should, can't be here anymore? And they go, we don't care, but we respect your sovereignty, right? I mean, there is an endless, you cannot ignore this unless you just lie to yourself. Whoever was in power, whether Trump or Obama or Biden or anybody else, they have never actually felt this way. Just ask South America for the last century. Like, they have clearly manipulated. I mean, you go back before the, before it was, 
yeah, what's the right time frame? Just, you know, pre-real internet, or pre-internet in general, but pre that kind of tran- transfer of information. And they openly, openly regime change countries for fruit companies. It's on the record. And now they just give you a narrative because they know we care more. It's, it's insulting that they act like they ever cared about this stuff. And this is a nation that rejects violence as a political tool. We do not encourage violence. Really? We are still an America that believes in honesty and decency. So now America, we're talking about people. What he wants you to think is he's talking about the government. Now, the reality is that's blatantly false. To use violence to achieve political ends is the definition of terrorism. Now, how many times they redefine it. So who does that on a daily basis? The governments of all of these countries, all of them, more, no one more so than the U.S. government. They go, they use the military to achieve an end. Well, let's, let's just say it actually did achieve freedom for a country. Okay, great. I haven't yet to see that happen. Maybe they'll get it one time. But is that not violence to achieve a political end, no matter how good the end is? Well, yes, that's exactly what it is. So as, and then we have to be clear about the fact that they're not even remotely trying to do positive things. So this is exactly what he's saying we're not, except that's literally what they do right now all over the world and have been for your entire lifetime. Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, everywhere. I could go off forever. So how do we take this at face value? How do we look these people in the face and act like they're honest? We all know that's not true. And if you're still in the two-party paradigm, you just ignore that because you want to believe he wants to believe it. But this is crazy. Encourage violence. We are still an America that believes in honesty and decency. And encouraging violence is exactly what they would do with all of their puppets. Like anybody else you want to point out around the world that is achieving like the Saudis, like the Kurds, like anybody else they drive to take violent action on their behalf or like the Ukrainian military, right? That's what they're doing. They encourage that violence. They drive it into action. They push it into people's faces every single day as long as they get what they want. I mean, you know, this is not my opinion. I'm saying it in a way that's very opinionated, but the point is that this is provable throughout history, allowing Israel to bomb Syria all the time without any legal justification. Who cares, though, right? Because they're on our good guy team. Respect for others. Patriotism, liberty, justice for all, hope, possibilities. We are still, at our core, a democracy. Mob rule is what that ultimately means, and I don't know why anybody thinks that's what we should want. History tells us the blind loyalty to a single leader and a willingness to engage in political violence is fatal to democracy. Right, which is literally what we do every single time. Pick a savior and pretend like he'll save all the problems or fix all the problems, right? Every time. But it's only when they, you know, it's the way that they want to frame it so it, so it seems like it's the difference in that moment. Or this is the one that will make all the difference. Obama, hope and change, right? It's all the way that they frame this. They don't care about any of it. For a long time, Right, and as somebody points out in the chat, it's meant to be a constitutional republic or a democratic republic. The bottom line is neither of those things are, are a democracy. We've told ourselves that American democracy is guaranteed, but it's not. We have to defend it, protect it, stand up for it, each and every one of us. Now, now here's an interesting point as well. What if it, the people that they're talking about many of which believe that's exactly what they're doing. So all it really comes down to is whether they perceive the person in front of them as the 
problem stopping that from happening. Now, again, it's just, it just comes down to a situation where it's opinion. Like, didn't, don't, aren't we arguing we live in a place of the rule of law where you're supposed to be able to have proof and evidence and, and due process? None of that's happening for these people. They are right now being accused of, of being the biggest extremist of the country in the court of public opinion. And that's okay. This ideologue, that's okay. As long as he says it and points at them and says democracy when he does it. Yells freedom. Then we can murder and stop freedom all over the place, right? Just yell it out loud. Democracy! And take all those things away. That's apparently the, the, the undertone of everything they do all the time. As long as you yell the thing you want them to think, you can do whatever you want. That's why tonight I'm asking our nation to come together, unite behind the single purpose of defending our democracy regardless of your ideology. And of course, that means attacking the MAGA group. The unspoken point there, right? Come together as one country and attack that part of the country. We're all called by duty and conscience to confront extremists who put their own pursuit of power above all else. Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans. We must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving American democracy. So apparently the, the you know, 11 Republicans that deal with Biden are the only Republicans that matter. <laughs> the rest of them are not mainstream Republicans. Therefore, they don't count. Right, just a little small omission there that hopefully people got. And MAGA Republicans are to destroying American democracy. Oh, are they? We, the people, will not let anyone or anything tear us apart. Today, there are dangers around us. We cannot allow to prevail. We here, you've heard it, more and more talk about violence as an acceptable political tool in this country. Yep. Exactly. And that's the thing that they're talking about from their side of this argument. Now, it's happening all over the place because I believe all sides are being driven to take violent action for very, very clear reasons. But let's take a quick brief moment and let you see a couple of things that I think are important to understand that happened during 2016. I think this is some important stuff for you guys to see. And this is, of course... Well, just um, since I'm showing it, I'll read this part. Viva Frey points out, listen to his speech again and replace the term MAGA Republican with Jew, Muslim, Black, Japanese, or any other ethnic, racial, or religious group, and you'll truly appreciate the tenor and terror of what you just heard. Right? The only reason they act like what he's doing is not divisive and completely aggressively extremist is because they just go, well, those bad guys are bad. Well, plenty of people thought that about black people back in Jim Crow time or whatever else you want to frame it as. So it was okay then, right? It was acceptable. It's the same thing that's happening now. They're playing on your biases. But here, well, I think that was the, uh, oh, I'll come back to these points. Here, I'll, I'll play this clip and this clip after it, just so we can see. Now, this is just a, a compilation of stuff. January 6th, anniversary President Biden and Kamala Harris give speech about the Capitol Hill protest. Now, it's talking about January 6th, but it's it's contrasting it with stuff that happened around 2016. I find it to be very interesting. Uh, let's see. There he is. Democracy was attacked. Democracy came under assault. And that you and I and the whole world saw with our own eyes rioters rampaging, a mob breaking windows, 
kicking in doors. People were seen looting some of its stores in the area. Fire stingers being thrown. New video shows a woman in a wheelchair punched and sprayed with a fire extinguisher. Now, a lot of this seems to focus on the, the, the looting, I think most of it. And that's a huge part of it. But remember, there was much more than just the looting that happened. There was violent action taken against all sorts of buildings that had nothing to do with stealing and, you know, and, and plenty of other examples we've made throughout the years. But just recognize how insulting it is to act like this isn't part of the problem, not even a mention. But you won't you will be I, let's put it this way. I do not see any evidence of this kind of broad action being taken by a massive MAGA type crowd anywhere. Now, if you have that, send it to me. I will have but I've been covering this for a long time they point at january 6th and that seems to be the only thing that they ultimately have now things like charlottesville and so on i've already made that point those are the the white supremacist take back you know all the uh, uh, unite the right kind of stuff which has been shown entirely to be connected directly to the group the cia has built in ukraine and elsewhere by the way it's not just ukraine but that's the central point of this but the point is those people are not what they want you to think that they are either way you look at it though this exists it's weird how they don't want to point that out. Shots were reportedly fired, and one person was hit by a car. And now the protest spreading to more cities across the country, in Los Angeles and in Denver, including New York City, where police arrested at least 40 people. What they were assaulting were the institutions, the values, the ideals. Fuck you, motherfucker, and fuck you. That generations of Americans have marched, picketed, and shed blood to establish and defend. This is a, mostly a protest. Now, by the way, whether or not you agree with this being justified, which I don't, I don't know how you could, but if you think that's irrelevant at this point, it's just simply the point that it happened and that they're okay with this happening. In fact, remember during COVID, it was okay to do this as long as you were doing this without a mask, without anything else. That's okay. We won't force them to do it because we believe in their cause. But dangerous COVID everywhere else, though. That's like five-story tall building right there that's completely engulfed. Yes, now Wendy's... That's all democracy, right? Wendy's is on fire, y'all! More than 30 fires were set the previous night, destroying that third police precinct and businesses. Burning burning police. That's supporting the authorities, right? That's, That's standing behind them, right? I mean, this is the same exact thing. In fact, far, far more violent and far more widespread. In the flames trying to save the rest of these businesses from going up in smoke. We went to KB Bala's restaurant. Looters had broken windows and even tried to steal. Spray painted with kill cops on there, right? Remember this? It's so embarrassing to see this flip about how it's like, oh, well, you know, we support the, like, they're attacking the FBI, you know, and defund the police, the whole thing, and all the action and violent rhetoric against the police were totally, it was 30 seconds ago. I mean, you know, obviously facetiously, but it was right there. It just happened. And now it's unacceptable that people point at what the FBI is doing and say it's unacceptable. I mean, even if there were violent threats and actions taken. I mean, again, where there was someone arrested for that? Somebody actually attacked the FBI? Where are the actual discussions? And if they are, how do you prove that every MAGA person everywhere agrees with that? Because, of course, that's not true and you can't prove that. But here we see a broad politically motivated action of violence is safe while he was there. Today he watched as his life savings and dreams literally went up in smoke. Minnesota's governor says the state has seen 48 hours of anarchy. The lawlessness. Of course, because anarchy is what they want you to think, which doesn't mean even remotely what they just said. 
So again, either dumb or willfully deceiving, because that's not the definition of anarchy. The violence, the chaos. The nation's capital under siege. By some radical faction that may be newly resurgent, but whose roots run old and deep. And who exactly are they talking about? What they wanted you to connect that dot with is some kind of white supremacy entity, right? It's not, they're resurgent. How exactly is that? This is a brand new entity, right? That originated with Trump. They just, they're just trying to build the blocks and create some kind of deep rooted idea. That's what they want this to seem like. As night fell, the mood got angrier. So we're now seeing spot fires and looting and a number of businesses being broken into. Everything is destroyed or vandalized, windows broken. They are forming a wall in front of the White House. And the streets surrounding the White House, with no sense of any attempt at de-escalation, there was anarchy. Again, anarchy. I mean, there's a reason they use that. I've always said that. It's the only ideology that has no place for rulers. There's no, there's plenty of rules. There's just no rulers. That's why they hate it. But my point here is that they just mentioned the White House. So is that not, well, how is that different? That's the White House for crying out loud. But that's okay, though. We believe in their, their meaning, right? I mean, that, that's just stupid. The shops and vehicles vandalized at will. Hard to imagine these were scenes playing out in the American capital. Brings a tear to the eye to watch democracy in action, doesn't it? Political violence as a norm. We all saw what our nation would look like if the forces who seek to dismantle our democracy are successful. And you think about how dumb that is when you're talking about people, if, if the core idea, even your narrative, that they believed it was stolen from them, so they were fighting to put him back in place, which is not even what most people there were doing. But you're the one literally saying that they're believing they're defending democracy, and yet your argument is clumsy and that they just don't want democracy, apparently. It's all about just branding chaos as they literally argue that they were stolen from an election, which they took part in for democracy. You see what I mean? Like they, this is just broken. Everything about this is so clumsy and backward. And they just doesn't make sense anymore because they've lied about everything. This is how bad this is because they really want this to be the reality. Outside the white house, protesters faced off against police dressed in riot gear and secret service. Mistake the thumbs down for disapproval, right? They're going thumbs down. We love you, right? We support you. You can't obey the law only when it's convenient. You see, the strength of democracy is the rule of law. And this they regularly ignore. Day of remembrance, we must make sure that such attack never, never happens again. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, let's play the next one. Here's another montage. This one from May, or I mean posted by Mays. I'm not sure if they're the ones that made this. Footage from D.C. on the day of Trump's inauguration. Here we go. So the other ones were a smattering of like George Floyd and different things. This is footage from Washington, D.C. when Trump was inaugurated. This happened all around the country for four years. For, for what, what, I'm just reading what he wrote there. For four years. I'm not sure what that means. Remember this when Joe Biden calls MAGA supporters terrorists tonight. Let's take a look at this. I think that's it. Son of a gun. 
almost certain that I downloaded that. Let me make sure this is here. I'll just grab it real quick. So it's similar stuff, what you're going to see for the most part. But the idea that it's directly related around the election is why that is so important. Because it's just the most hypocritical thing you can say is that it's unacceptable for them to do it because they believe the election is stolen. But here's an example of when they thought the election was stolen, which is totally unacceptable today to even say that, apparently. You heard both? Police had to push back the protesters so firefighters could get to the flames. Oh, democracy in action. It's so beautiful, right? Revolution or death, they write. Right? Yeah, because that's all okay, though. Because they believe Donald Trump got put there by Russia, or that's the dumb narrative they spin with no evidence. Right. So it's okay to go out and literally argue he's not the president. The election was stolen, that this is a a manipulation to talk about revolution, to burn things down, to break windows. Right. That's all okay. So explain how this is any different than what we're talking about on January 6th. Aside from the fact that there was a thousand examples of how they drove that into reality, let people in, remove the blockages, refuse to bring more police multiple times, despite them calling for more police. Right. This didn't happen in any of these situations. Think about how ridiculous that is. Small fires had appeared all day. This upped the temperature, which of course was the point. One demonstrator threw a flashbang grenade back at police. It exploded in an officer's face. Plenty of tear gas, six officers. So right there, that's more violence than we saw on January 6th for the people that eventually died later afterward from some cranial injury or so on. Right. There's the only person that was shot or even armed at this insurrection, they call it, was the people on that side of it that shot Ashley Babbitt. Now, as I said many times that I shouldn't even have to add every time is that there was obviously laws that were broken, obviously. But if you think for one second that it was more than what you're seeing here, you're lying to yourself. Simple as that. Just because of the narrative around it is all the the doom and dark and dangerous insurrection and the evil ways they think about doing things. And, you know, that's how they frame it. It's the undertones of everything. That's not reality. That's an opinion. Officers reportedly injured. They will destroy your limo. You need to leave now. Hey, K47, put the cops in piggy heaven. They they said, put the cops in piggy heaven as they burn Trump signs. It's all about democracy and freedom, right? Respecting the authorities, right? Now, by the way, guys, by the way, I'm doing this on purpose. Just I should, again, shouldn't have to clarify this. It's blatantly obvious. But just so it's clear, what I'm doing is on purpose making and showing you how stupid it is to argue that every single person that is a Democrat or I guess is what ne- uh, never. What is it? What's the, the phrase they did? The never Trump or. No, whatever the phrase that Maxine Waters and them pushed the no 54, whatever it was, that's the same idea as the MAGA in reverse. It's people that are against the idea that Trump should be there. And for me to say, look at that person who said kill cops. That means they all kill cops, right? Well, that's exactly what they're doing now. Look at this one person or look at that group or look at what they did there. That means every MAGA person is this way. 
That's dumb, and we should all call it dumb. It's just as stupid as broadly saying everybody that is in this mindset or against Trump being in power is do are doing these things. But it's, I mean, the problem is that I, I probably made clear right there is people on the other side are happy to do the same thing. They're all like this. They're all this way. They're all their extreme left ideology. And that's what the two-party paradigm does. Now, it's not too far to argue that there is agendas in either side that are doing that. But the ultimate idea is that they're broad brushing a lot of regular people that just are in the middle somewhere as crazy extremists. And I think that's an agenda to get them to be the very extremists they want them to be. Of course, writing an anarchy sign like that's that's completely intentional, guys. These people don't even understand it. Like you're not you're literally an anti-fascist group that is literally fascist like that. This is such an obvious psyop, an obvious ploy. I argue completely put forward by the government. Then that's totally okay, right? For them to do it, totally okay, because we know Trump bad guy, right? Don't we all agree that Trump evil? Therefore, anything like this is acceptable as long as it's done one side. It's sort of like when the vaccinators attack the people that didn't get a vaccine because they're just evil bad people, right? Just as stupid. Just as childishly stupid. But it's okay because you're on the right side. Now, I don't, let me, I'll play a little bit more. It's not. It can never be an acceptable tool. So I want to say this plain and simple. There is. It's not. There are dangers around us. We cannot allow to prevail. We here, you've heard it. More and more talk about violence as an acceptable political tool in this country. (laughs) It's not. It can never be an acceptable tool. So I want to say this plain and simple. There is no place for political violence in America, period. None ever. Except with our military all over the world, though. That's okay, (laughs) right? Or except when we unilaterally assassinate somebody for no big deal or allow Israel to bomb Syria or occupy countries all over the world. Or how about just inside this country where you are right now quite literally creating violent action against an entire group of Americans, right? What do you think is going to happen? You are using violence. Or how about the idea that you're using violence to coerce people into taking an injection? Like, this is so childishly obvious, guys. We saw law enforcement brutally attacked on January 6th. We've seen election officials. And, and the th- even that argument is not even true. I mean, there was plenty. There were some people, many of the ones right around Mike Epps and all of that. That did push and, and knock people down, right? But the idea that they were ver- like visibly attacking directly and just trying to hit the police for the sake of hitting the police. I don't, I mean, th- the only one I think that even remotely comes to that is the idea of the person got hit with a thing. But whether that was his intention or not, I mean, it's all, the point is you just saw video of people literally saying, kill the police, flipping them off, going, we're going to put you in great, saying piggies in the grave or whatever they're saying. That is quite blatant. Now, why, why one matters more than the other when one's very clear and one is subjective? That's for you to ask, and hopefully you're willing to do so. Poll workers, many of them volunteers of both parties, subject to intimidation and death threats. 
Right. I mean, I mean, again, this, I, I, I'm probably just going to leave it here. The same points over and over. You could show how many examples of Democrats or people in, in Democratic positions or people in Congress who have made violent claims or violent statements or undertone points of like, you know, I, there's plenty of examples where the, and, the, and it's all sides, by the way. But to act like that these people, when he's talking about the MAGA people who are leveling threats, how about there's all, what about the idea of threatening Trump's son? What's his name said that? The guy involved, it doesn't even matter, guys. There's so many examples like this where they are openly talking, per, uh, promoting violent concepts because they believe it's okay because Trump bad guy. Right, which here's a good play to, good place to play this clip. Here it is. So he's saying it's okay to have a conspiracy to get rid of somebody as bad as Trump. It's a little bit of a thorny question because once you go down this road, this is sort of where we are in this country. The other side is so evil, anything is justified in preventing them from taking office. Is it? Not- That's the question, very clearly. Is that okay? Uh, no, you know what's not justified? Using armed violence to try to kill people in the Capitol. Armed violence, right? Like armed violence. He's talking about January 6th. Where where were the arms? There were none. That was on purpose because many of them got wind to what they thought was happening. After when Ray Epps and people were saying, Fed, he's a Fed. And that's how that ultimately, I think a lot of people were very aware of what was beginning to happen. And all they did was essentially trick certain people. And look, now at this point, there's questions to be had about whether these people, like the guy with the big horned hat and all this, were more than they seemed. We already proved to you that one guy, I forget, it was the black guy with the curly hair, who 100% was part of Antifa, who was caught on video later going, we did it, we tricked him, we drove them in there. Well, look at that. Why doesn't that matter? Look at the FBI and everybody investigating and that weird, that part of it just doesn't get brought up. Mike e- or uh, Epps, or Ray, excuse me, Ray Epps. I said Mike Epps, like the actor. Ray Epps, who was number, like number two on the list to find and then never got arrested, it just went quiet. It's so obvious that there was a government involvement in this, guys. And that's not just my opinion. We know there were people at, in the FBI at the heads of these militia groups that were there. That got admitted to as well. Not armed insurrection. So there's a reason that keeps getting towed. But when you ask about whether it's okay, just to be clear, Bill Maher is pointing to what they admitted. that they're, they're saying that's okay. So just to be clear about that, they're admitting that it's okay for them to lie, cheat, and steal because bad guy Trump. And they're the ones that are acting like they're in the rule of law and arguing democracy. I mean, this this is just team politics. That's not justified. Answer this question. Huh? Is it? Was it? Answer this question. Well, it is was the it appropriate? <laughs> the question is: Was, was it press? appropriate to bury the Hunter Biden? You're talking about the press doing the, that. He's saying that's what they did, and that is what they did. They buried the Hunter Biden story before the election. I love how the point is that's what happened. I mean, that's beyond a doubt. And the guy, what Bill Maher is saying is that's what he just said. He's going, "This is what we did." Like that's, and so even in the face of that evidence where he's going, we did that. This is his response. I'm sure you guys have seen it. I played it before, but this is the kind of willful ignorance. Like the trust the science crowd today suddenly gets confronted with the science that shows they're wrong. And they go, well, I don't believe that. I'm going to wear my mask anyway. So it was never about science or even the illusion of science. It was about your, whatever, your obsessive control over the narrative. I don't know. But so he admitted, this is what we did with the Hunter laptop story. Here's what he says. Because they were like, we can't risk having the election thrown to Trump. 
We'll tell them after the election. Well, and, and we know for a fact that that's what they did? You just said that, man. Of course. You no, don't but follow I mean, this. Saying you you gotta... know for a fact that that's what they did? I don't know what they did. I know. Right, so he said it was true, but we don't know he could be lying, so we don't know. Well, I mean, the point of that, that kind of idea is always possible. But for him to sit back and go like, well, he didn't just blindly and blatantly admit doing that. So I'm going to argue. I mean, that's that's childlike. La, 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 la. I don't want to hear it. I believe in Santa Claus. Because you only watch MSNBC. No, that's not true. <laughs> no, no. I watch Fox, too, which is what he ultimately says, which is ridiculous. As if two sides are you got both sides of it. So you have all the picture, right? Wow. I mean, that's the kind of intellect of the people in these seats. Well, on the first, here is how Pierre followed up. When you are not with the where the majority of Americans are. That is extreme. I can't even believe that's what she actually said. Listen to yourself. And again, we see majority of Americans who disagree. And so when. Which, by the way, I don't even know that that's true. I, I, what are they pulling that from? There's no poll. And if you get a poll, things are wildly manipulated. Right? So they just state that because they know they can get away with it. But my, my gut tells me it's not true, but I, they don't know either, I would argue. You are not with where majority of Americans are, then, you know, that is extreme. That is an extreme way of thinking. I'm not going to. That's what I have for you, Phil. All right. See, this is where she's bad at this. And she just I don't that's she's not reading off a page. She just screwed up right there. That's what happened. Right, so she thinks she's trying to toe the line, and she said something really stupid, which is, I mean, what's the right word? You know, if, if this was talking about race, that's racist, right? You just get to broad stroke these people. Well, if you're not in the majority, then you're extreme. Well, that's what they would love for you to believe. Well, how about the fact that this entire country was built by trailblazers, right? Independent thinkers who broke outside of the mold and did something for everybody. Were they extremists? Of course, the British government would have said they were extremists because they're challenging the consensus. Well, good thing she wasn't there because we wouldn't have America today, right? Or how about the idea that anybody in this sense who are trailblazers that are leading the, the, the field are never part of the majority? That's why they're trailblazers. Like this is not only counterintuitive to the idea of growth, change, evolution. This is in the, in the sense of just as a person or as a country. This is just willful ignorance. And by the way, this is the extremism. This is the extremism. Forcing people into thinking what you're allowed to think. Anybody who thinks outside that is termed the extremist. That's the crazy part about this. And since I'm thinking about it, I'll play this clip right here. Because it's valid, and, and we're about to get to the science part of this in COVID-19 anyway. People talk glibly about science. What is science? People coming out of a university with a master's degree or a PhD, you take them into the field and they, they literally don't believe anything unless there's a peer-reviewed paper. It's the only thing they accept. And you say to them, but let's observe, let's think, let's discuss. They don't do it. It's just, is it in a peer-reviewed paper or not? <laughs> That's their view of science. I think it's pathetic. Gone into universities as bright young people they come out of them brain dead, not even knowing what science means. They think it means peer-reviewed papers, etc. No, that's academia. And if a paper is peer-reviewed, it means everybody thought the same, therefore they approved it. An unintended consequence is that when new knowledge emerges, new scientific insights, they can never, ever be peer-reviewed. 
So we're blocking all new advances in science that are big advances. If you look, if you look at, the at the breakthroughs in science, in science almost, almost always, always they don't they come don't from come the center of that of profession. That they come from they the, come fringe. the fringe. The finest the candle makers in the world couldn't even think of electric lights. They don't come they don't from come within, from they within. often they come from come outside, from outside the breaks. the breaks. We're going to, We're going to kill ourselves kill because ourselves of stupidity. stupidity. Right, and so that's exactly what we're seeing now, right? Is you are stifling anything outside of what they're allowing you to think, do, feel, design, create, anything. Because you're not, you're, you're part of the, you're anything outside what we tell you is extreme. I mean, there's just nobody can accept that as the reality. And the only reason people are doing so now who are even remotely intelligent is because they don't like Trump or because they've decided that they're ba- that is against what they believe in. So it's OK for them to break the logic there. That's how this tends to work. And this is dangerous. Now, here is an example of somebody who is a there's plenty of them, by the way, who were there. As you can see, Alex is proud MAGA Republican. Oh, uh, excuse me. I take that back. I was thinking this was his account. It's not. But in any case, the point is this is Bonnie Nichols. Her husband, or Bonnie Nichols is in the beginning of the video right here. Her husband right here, a United States Marine veteran, has been held in Washington, D.C. since January 6th for 590 days. Think about that democracy, right? Being held. Where's your due process, right? Are you being, what's the crime you're being charged with? Like, this is outrageous. As a, as a military veteran, right? He, just like the, the nurses of COVID, he's a hero right up until he does what we don't like, which is standing up for what he believes in, in a way that's completely in line with the Constitution. He's been tortured in solitary confinement and is being denied basic human and constitutional rights. But Joe Biden's all about the Constitution, right? His crime? Protesting Joe Biden. Now, are you, are, here's the point, guys. There was a lot of people that were there that were not taking violent action. They were not doing anything other than walking into a room that they were allowed to go into, that they were literally opened and ushered in. And that's a problem. And because they don't, they want everybody there to be framed the same way, right? It's, it's embarrassing that this is the kind of thing that's happening. And this is a, somebody who they allowed to fight and potentially die for their political agenda. But of course, the moment he says something they don't like or does something they don't like, now he's a MAGA terrorist. And as Sarah points out, as I've continued to point out, you are being set up. They want you to be upset about this. It's too obvious. I agree, Sarah. And Zuby's pointing out, American friends, what's going on here? And who thought this lighting was a good idea? Obviously, that's the point, is it's meant to be alarming. And as Sarah points out, Team Coke. Thank you for the great analogy. And as I pointed out, that goes hat tip to Media Monarchy all the way. Media Monarchy is the first place I saw that. The Coke and Pepsi analogy, it's just what it is. It's just a game. Bottom line is, guys, we need to see that we are being set up as the American people. But specifically right now, they're using the MAGA group to, to set this up. I truly believe that. Now, here's a, as a clip, who, but I believe was actually already censored again since I put this up. Somebody posted on Twitter of Trump. That was censored right away, by the way, which is very weird, seeing as how in this entire speech, he's saying, don't do this, stand down, fight for peace, and all that, or not fight for peace, but you know, don't do what they're telling, what, you'll hear for yourself. And as I simply said, and you, by, by the way, you know my opinions of all of this. I simply said, how can you pretend this was promoting armed insurrection? I followed it up by saying, and the fact that they still even claim armed or insurrection at this point is simply inaccurate, manipulative, and dangerous. But listen to what he says here. 
The point is that he is simply arguing that people should not do what they're saying. And their opinion is, well, he's dog whistling and secret wink, wink, and this is what he really meant. And just like they do with Putin, just like they do with anybody, because they want that to be the narrative. That's not how this is. What about the rule of law? That's not how the rule of law is supposed to work, isn't it? It's funny how you screen the rule of law and then subjectively accuse them of things you can't prove. Isn't that great? I believe I downloaded this one. Let me see real quick. I guess not. <laughs> I think it's loud enough here. Let's see. I know you're hurt. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. Now, real quickly, the point is that that's all they argue is simply by saying that they stole the election, that that is destroying our democracy. Right. Which is where we'll go back and point out that's exactly what they all did during 2016 forward. So anybody explain the difference to me? Like if all you could point out is that he said they stole it and then said, go home and don't cause violence. Well, that's exactly what you guys did while then promoting violence. Right. As Maxine Waters and plenty of others. Get out in the streets. Get out in the streets. Exactly. Now, she, I, she in fact, plenty of times where she actually did argue of it, violent tactics. Maybe not go out and hurt, hurt people and break windows, but very clearly said that if it's necessary, we'll take right. You, I don't remember the exact phrasing, but more so than I ever saw Trump do. But it's okay because they believe in that side of it. This is just ridiculous. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. I mean, really, how in the world can you pretend that that and that's just arguably why it was deleted so quickly. Now, this gives me the thought and that's why I'm on the fence in general about maybe maybe he does doesn't realize he's being used. Maybe he does believe that it's certainly possible. But at the, at the end of the day, you have to look at this and realize that this is the opposite of what they want you to see, which I argue is why it was deleted. It's very clearly the opposite. Now, again, you look at the contrast when they're screaming, free find the police and, you know, the way that they're out there, AOC and Maxine Waters and Nassim Pelosi and the way that they're driving these actions forward and turning a blind eye to massive violence, riots, breaking windows and burning buildings down. It's so childish to pretend like this is that January 6th was even a fraction of what they're allowing and ignoring everywhere else. Now, here is something uh, a politician in Arizona who has asked a question about that in regard to the election. Same point, which is just, again, it's exactly my point. Don't you cannot. It's embarrassing that they can sit there and say they stole the election. And then the only point they argue for why he's destabilizing the country is because he says they stole the election. It's just it's just completely hypocritical. But here is what she said in, when asked this question. Now, there's multiple points to make here. One of which you're going to, I know you see coming, which it's not just about one side or the other, but listen to the response. Oh, actually, I did download this one because I 
knew that the question was low. Let's see. I thought I did. Yeah, there it is. You said you feel like Joe Biden is dividing the country, but do you feel like Donald Trump is doing the same by falsely telling people that he won that election when he lost it? Now, it's really low, but it basically says that, you know, you say that Biden is destabilizing the country by, uh, what is it? Country, but do you feel like Donald Trump Biden is dividing the country? But oh, that he's dividing the country. Do you feel like Donald Trump? But do you feel like Donald Trump is doing that by arguing the election was stolen? Right? It's, it's exactly what we said. He's doing the same by falsely telling people that he won that election when he lost it. How does that divide the country? Questioning, questioning an election where there are obviously problems is, is dividing the country. Great. There's the first point. Thank you. Great point. How exactly is asking questions dividing the country? Now, whether people then go further with that inside his movement is completely separate from that. <clears throat> you cannot simply argue that because the extension of this did something, therefore it's Trump's fault and he made it happen. That's the same way they're trying to turn anything online into direct violence because somebody out here did this and they point at you. <laughs> That's not how that works. They're trying. They're following on it. But this is the great first point. Asking questions, even investigating. It's not dividing anything, especially since they sure as hell did it the first time. Since when can we not ask questions about our elections? As a journalist for many years, I was a journalist after 2016, and I distinctly remember many people just like you asking a lot of questions about the 2016 election results. Right. And nobody tried to shut you up. Nobody tried to tell Hillary Clinton to shut up. Except that's not true. Right. And here's the and here's where the, the two party paradigm will always break down. That's not true. Now, they didn't. Right. The media that she's pointing at that are partisan as hell didn't because they're on that side. Right. But at the end of the day, of course, they did. There was a lot of people that tried to stop that from happening. A lot of people on Fox and where else that tried to shut that down. But the point is not to make it's always that way. So the point that she made first is really the point to take away from this, that they all do it, right? And that the idea is that they allow their side to do the thing, and it's, and it's happening now in reverse. Nobody tried to tell Kamala Harris when she was questioning the uh, legitimacy of these electronic voting machines to stop. We're, we have freedom of speech in this country, and you of all people should appreciate that. You're supposedly a journalist. You should appreciate that. So I don't see how asking questions about an election where there are many problems is dividing a country. What I do see dividing a country is shutting people down, censoring people, right. canceling people, trying to destroy people's lives when they do ask questions. 100%. Last I heard, we still have the Constitution. It's hanging by a thread, thanks to some of the work some people in this area have done. But we're going to... Well, again, I, I get her point that I kind of agree with it, but the point ultimately is that doesn't matter whatever laws they pass, Whatever arguments they make, the Constitution is inherent, God-given. Those words have meaning, guys. We need to remember that. doesn't matter what they do, whether they destroy it, whether they somehow go back in a time machine and make sure it was never even written down. The point is those things were inherent and God-given whether or not they ever wrote them down. That's the meaning. Not that they can control them and dole them out or that it's about to be taken away. That's not possible. They're just simply no longer respecting those inherent rights. It's important save that constitution and we're going to bring back freedom of speech and maybe someday you'll thank us for that bring back you see and even the, di the dialogue there whether she means to be deceptive or, or you know manipulative or not and i kind of don't like doesn't feel like that but 
it's not accurate. You're not bringing back freedom of speech. You're just going to be a person in power that that respects that right. Right? It's interesting. Now, here's the part that I think of next. Again, with the idea of how one side versus the other, and every time the teeter-totter flips, you see people rise up on the other side, like a DeSantis, let's say. Now, I hope that I'm wrong about these people, but I don't think I am, where they rise up and they play the way the good guy. So the same way I point at foreign policy, where I see people around the world that I don't think care about your rights or care about doing the right thing that play that role because it's so obviously beneficial to play it in the face of what the U.S. government's doing. Just my opinion. I could be wrong. But I think ultimately what we need to remember, as we see this image from Breitbart, who understands the soul of the nation? And using this alarming looking picture next to Trump with an American type thing. Who understands the soul of the nation? And what does it ultimately come down to? This guy or that guy? This side or that side? Which one do you choose, right? Because that's all you got, guys. Listen to Breitbart. Only one of these two people are the one you should listen to. How about neither? How about none of these people care about you? How about we realize, once again, just how clearly George Carlin saw the reality? Finally, today, I believe most everyone else is too. That's why they're so desperate to rush to the technocratic digital ID, social credit control structure. Don't worry, though. We will stop them. George Carlin saw this, guys. We need to remember how clearly he did. Sucks, and it's the same reason that it will never, ever, ever be fixed. It's never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got. Because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now. The real owners, the big, wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. That's right. They don't want people who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table and figure out how badly they're getting fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 fucking years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient workers. People who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. And now they're coming for your social security. Security money. They want your fucking retirement money. They want it back so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this fucking place. It's a big club and you ain't in it. You and I are not in the big club. And by the way, it's the same big club they use to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged. And nobody's... Yeah, exactly. And if you want more of that, 
look him up, guys, because there is an endless amount of stuff just like that that's perceived as comedy, which it is to a degree. It's humorous to watch how exactly right he is. But my God, that's exactly, I mean, this is the point, guys. It is a big club, and we're not in it. These people are sure as hell in it. Not us, though. And we need to recognize how real that is. I know we want to believe in somebody. And like I said, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Trump or DeSantis or somebody steps in and changes everything for the better. And I will happily stand up and say, thank God I was wrong. How many times do we need to be fooled before we realize that might not be in the cards? Time for us to change the game. Tilt the table back the way it should be. The reality is this is coming. And if we keep playing the two-party game, it's going to be here even faster. Now, the reason I, I included these links here for you guys to check out is because I believe this has been coming for a long time, a long time. Here's an article, a, a show I did called January 6th. The failed false flag meant to blame Russia and you, pointing at the Republicans, using CIA-grown Azov battalion, Azov, Azov movement, really, which is what it became. But it wasn't just uh, Ukraine, wasn't just the Azov movement, and it's not just January 6th. This has been a building agenda. But we need to see how this is in the works, how he's literally standing on that pulpit and is an ideologue and screaming about how we need to stop these people who aren't seemingly doing anything other than standing up and fighting against a tyrannical force. Now, I don't mean fighting literally. I mean fighting politically. But they can point at January 6th all they want. There's a lot of this. It's easy to prove. But the idea that ultimately they're trying to frame it as the end of our democracy when all they want is a desperate force to take action in the idea that they're fighting for what they believe in so they can frame it as the exact opposite. That's what I believe. Don't trust me. Research it, look at it, and you'll realize how obvious it is that they've been trying to drive this into reality by standing up and saying that you need F-15s to take down this country or trying to goad and coax them into taking action in every possible way. Like blatant division, blatant ex extremism, and then framing it as... Uh, the opposite. Now, here is the, one of the ones I wrote after this or put up after this. The Patriot Front, January 6th, and the vanilla ISIS PSYOP. It's still coming. As obvious as all this is, as, as people all in mass who don't weirdly get unmasked when they get arrested or then get all shuffled into different cars by the play. I mean, everything about this was so very blatant. They're trying to create this idea of a group that is tied back to some kind of tangent, some Russia-connected something or however this goes about framing you guys as the terrorists. Don't take the bait. I plead with you. Do not take the bait. Now, on top of that, I just find this just laugh out loud ridiculous before we move into COVID-19. Biden has just allowed or just picked John Podesta, of all people, to serve as the senior White House advisor for clean energy. Well, that's fantastic. We just put this very, this guy is, I mean, look, whether you, whatever you think about him, as I, I, I'll just read my tweet first. This is ridiculous. And whatever your thoughts on this person, they are well aware of the criticisms, the Biden administration. And they are many and disgusting criticisms of this person, which means they know it's not politically smart, especially for Sniffy, you know, Biden. Yet they did it anyway. Now, think about why that would I think how telling that is. They know this person has all sorts of very politically problematic background stuff, whether that's connected to the accusations of pedophilia and whatever else that are around that, which are very, 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 very grounded in reality based on lots of research. I'm not that, you know, hear me, I'm not saying that this, there's a lot about this, those accusations and background information that hasn't been proven, but there's also a lot of it that's very clear. But regardless of any of that, they know that's there. 
And then my point was on top of that, there's also a lot of other weird stuff connected with the kind, with the Clintons and all sorts of very nefarious type of manipulative stuff, politically and personally. They know all of that. So why would they pick him to make a statement? We don't care about your conspiracy theories. That's not in any political situation. But they, they just would go, well, even if we disagree with that, we know it's not going to be smart because it's politically problematic. So they would just pick somebody else. They wouldn't cause a big problem. My point is they want this. They want this discussion to come up. They want this thing to be pointed at. They want this to cause distraction. There's no other reason you would pick this person who should have been, you know, I mean, most of these people end up in some dark corner forever or rather rise up to be painting happy-go-lucky pictures like Mr. Bill, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Bush trying to recreate their perception. But the bottom line is they don't usually come back into play like this with how much was around this person. Now, I'm not going to go into this deep today. I'm, pro I'm, I'm probably going to circle back to this and do a lot more discussion around why him being the advisor for clean ed energy, which is a direct tap into the great reset, the direction and all that's being built. God knows what this kind of person would do with that kind of control. But I'll just include these for you just for today. Please take a look. Here's just a quick Podesta tag search of a lot of the different articles we have that are connected to Podesta's and the background there and the unnerving reality of the background of what this person's been involved with, as well as the Pizzagate discussion, which as there's a lot around this, as this first one even says, from Hazard to Liddy, it's clear there's more to the Pizzagate discussion, but let's stop calling it that. There's an obvious manipulation around that discussion, but the reality of these people, his brother, himself, and what this all connects back to, now I'm not talking about Hillary Clinton in a pizza basement. Right. We're talking about the provable evidence of what these people were connected to. Like, and this is exactly now that I think about it, I should have grabbed that. But this is exactly why. Let me see if I can really quickly. Exactly why Ben Swan, when discussing this topic, objectively on CBS News with the facts and evidence to back it up, got removed from the corporate media. Now, he's, hopefully he's glad he did today because with Sovereign and what he's doing, he is bringing more evidence to the table, more truth to the table. But let me just do this and find it real quick. The point is that this is a real discussion and there is some very disconcerting and alarming background points to who this person is, what they're involved in, and why it ties to some pretty disgusting things. Uh, let's see. If it's not on this next page, I'll, I'll find it later and try to include it. But how about how about just the idea of somebody that did this cozy with the Clintons? I mean, nobody should pretend that there's not something problematic about the Clintons. With all the information around the pay-to-play and their foundation, which was presented in front of Congress, that was proof, not evidence, but proof. And nothing happened. Or all the people that end up showing up mysteriously dead that are connected to them. Now, does that mean every one of them are connected to it? No, I can't say that for sure. Oh, here, this is the update, I think. Well, I'll just include that one for now. This is the update discussion of Ben Swan, where he suspend the he the suspend the CBS suspends the anchor Ben Swan after he announces. Maybe that is. Maybe that's the one. I'll include that one. That'll be enough for now. But anyway, please do the research on this because there's a lot going on there. And I'm sure we'll come back to that. Now, to get into the COVID-19 conversation, the bivalent Omicron-focused injections, which are, by the way, designed to drive you right into everything they're building right now with all of that as well. 
just are, can't be more dangerous and unscientific with it than, than I'm, I'm baffled. I can't believe we're in a position where I'm actually arguing what they're doing now is more dangerous than it seemingly been before. But it says today, and this is Dr. Urso, the FDA approved, which is not accurate, sadly, but I wanted to get to his point, bivalent BA5 booster because of an unspecified emergency. Right. That's how they keep this going. It's an emergency. What's the emergency? Well, you know, COVID and stuff. Well, didn't you just tell us we're out of the pandemic phase? Well, how can you argue it's an emergency? Well, you know, ongoing problems and the state of emergency is still there. So, right, there's, you can't just argue we're because of this emergency, we're going to jump this part of it. Well, you just put out all these different injections that are hurting people all over the place based on that same logic. And you're going to stand on that and act like there's enough there to make a new thing and not test it. And that's safe because of the danger. Like, this is just off the rails. And this is what everybody sees, and this is why I think they're so desperate to push this forward. That's why nobody's taking these boosters right now. But it says the booster was tested on, drumroll, eight mice. Now, this is true. You can look this up. I've made this clear in the past discussions and in the documentation they discuss. Eight mice. That's it. It will be given to millions of people this week. He says that's not just gall- not gallows humor, just gallows. But as I pointed out, it was only authorized for emergency use. This is very different from approval and very important distinction that needs to be made. I don't know why we, this, even as doctors, we make this mistake, but it's important to me when we make that clear. Well, here is what Walensky just said. I mean, I, this is the point is that if they didn't, if this hadn't been exposed by people like us, by people in independent media, that it hadn't been tested properly, I promise you, my opinion, they wouldn't have said this, but they're forced to say this now. Walensky on fast-tracking new Omicron-specific boosters says the consequences could be worse if we wait. That's, that's all they have. That we're going to rush this out without safety testing because we, it will get worse. Well, what will? The unknown. The danger of the variants that will keep exploding, even though it's obviously correlated to the injections, and the more you give, the more it'll happen, which is what they know, which is why they stopped arguing that the unvaxxed, which are diminishing population, are continuing to cause variants, even though there was no variants that popped off in 2020, other than the, the, the main discussion points. But our simple idea, as always, is doing something dangerous for your safety. Because that makes sense, right? An Omicron-specific booster shot set to arrive within the next week are being fast-tracked and just got approved by the U.S. Food and FDA. That's not true. It's not true. It was emergency authorized. I just, why am I the only one making this point? God, it drives me crazy. There's a good reason why, according to the CDC and Dr. Walensky, quote, if we wait for the data to emerge for in the human data, not just mice, eight of them, we will be using what I will consider to be a potentially outdated vaccine. So first of all, the point is we don't have data which you know have been telling you and a lot of people have. So they're admitted, we don't have the data. So we don't know. It could be murderous for all we know because all we're doing is gleaning information from other studies that are not the same thing and not being tested on people and saying, therefore, this is safe. A different thing made a different way. Safe though, because this thing over here that's already hurting lots of people. But the problem is we want to do all of that that's all dangerous from every angle because you know the variants could pop off soon. We have to hurry this week, get in everybody's arms because next week it could be changing. Well, that's already what the case is. That's already what they're saying. Here's the WHO warning of more dangerous variants in the coming days. The coming days. So if these things are coming out next week, well, you're already behind schedule. And guess what, guys? That's probably the plan. 
if they're putting things out that are being just they're creating antibodies or rather a clinical response to what is no longer the problem, then you're not only going to potentially create antibody dependent enhancement, you're not going to do anything for yourself other than continue to destroy your immune system with injections that are clearly doing that. But it doesn't matter, though. As I said, what did I tell you? Like clockwork. We still we dang it. We are still pretending Oh, I can't believe I said supposed to say, are we still pretending these are being caused by the uninjected, the variants, or is that just another of the many flimsy, decrepit lies they've given up on pushing at the moment? It's obvious we should realize now, guys, places that are 90% not injected, having variants pop off. The reality is they are causing them with leaky vaccines. And the fact is that they're spreading this rapidly more than anybody else. They've even been forced to admit that. And the spreading and the transmission and the catching of it is what they told you in the beginning is what causes variants. And here we are. That's why they just stopped blaming you as the unvaccinated because they know they can't say it anymore. Either way you look at it, they're already telling you new variants are popping off. So as that's already happening, we're going to rush this through with no data, which is going to be dangerous because we want to get ahead of the variants. Is that science? I mean, truly stand back and ask yourself that. Is that science or is that a roll of the dice because of something you want to, you want your injection to be relevant before this thing goes away? It says both shots have yet to complete human trials, Moderna and Pfizer. How is anybody okay with that? Look at what's happening to the world based on ones that did go through human trials. And you're going to jump to this without any. The FDA based its decision off real world evidence of existing COVID safety data based on other shots and other variants. It's a different vaccine, or injection, rather. It says, plus clinical trial data of earlier bivalent vaccines targeting older forms. Okay, so again, not about the same thing. You're targeting different things. It's a different injection. So what does it matter? Why not just take the flu vaccine data, too, and add that to it? Who cares? It's a different thing. Now, it might translate, sure, and we could all argue it could, But wouldn't you want to prove that before you force this in people's arms? The approach is nothing new, they say. And here's where it all ties together. The agency already uses a similar strategy with flu shots, which are safely updated each year. Safely, really? Without human testing to keep up the mountain mutating flu viruses. Did you know that? Did we know that they never tested these new flu vaccines on humans? I didn't know that. Well, now that we do, probably going to change things, won't it? What they're hoping is that you just go, oh, okay, so it was always like that. Well, guess what? That's never been safe. If they don't know and they're changing this thing without testing it on humans, then that could be dangerous. And that's probably why we see these things pop off. Or they rant a new, where's all the SIDS and SADS and new things happening? Where's all the pneumonia coming from? Who knows? I'm not saying I know for sure, but how about we recognize that could be the problem? Just like we're seeing it happen now. I think we're, we're beginning to break open this this egg or whatever you want to break this open into realizing that the entire strategy around all these maybe have always been experimental. Now, in a moment, I'm going to get to the idea of how they've already been prepping this exact universal flu vaccine for decades. And so ask yourself, is that already what they're testing on you? Is that why the flu vaccine changes every year? Because they're already trying to test the universal vaccine right now. And just don't tell you about that. Let's let's not pretend like that is not exactly what we're feeling is happening right now. Here is what Gert Vandenbosch wrote about these exact bivalent injections. Now, in no way am I telling you to trust him or anybody else. Question everything. But listen and think about what this could mean. 
as it says in the conclusion, read the whole thing, updated COVID-19 vaccines comprising new mRNA or protein-derived S-associated sequences of one or more Omicron variants will only further deteriorate the already dire consequences of COVID-19 mass vaccination. Abundant cell surface expression and or free circulating spike protein will cause a unilateral and potentially protracted recall of the, uh, what was it again? Uh, Antibodies, but hold on. It was, I just lost it. Hold on. IEA. There it is. The infection enhancing. That's important because what the, what he's saying there is that these are it, the, these are problematic, right? So it will potentially protracted recall of infection enhancing antibodies. That's worse without priming neutralizing antibodies against new Omicron specific antigenic sequences in the vast majority of healthy vaccinees. So you're you're hurting people. This will create exactly, so think about like an antibody-dependent enhancement kind of thing, molecular mimicry. You're creating a situation where the, what you're creating in your body is only making everything worse. Whereas it says the purpose of these novel vaccines is to enhance protection against continuously evolving variants. They will have exactly the opposite effect. This is a wildly, highly credentialed and respected expert that was previously worked for Bill and the Gates Foundation. Right, so in every possible way associated with them, you would argue that they, this would be their team. There's a reason they're not calling him a fake news conspiracy theorist because that's kind of hard to do. They're just pretending like he's not saying anything. It says, in that they will enhance the evolutionary dynamics of the virus, which is already what's happening, as he argues anyway. Continued mass vaccination with novel Omicron adapted vaccines will only increase population level immune pressure on viral virulence by the in infection enhancing antibodies, which currently have a virulence uh, on the lower track. It says large scale vaccination with these updated vaccines injections will merely expedite natural selection and exp expansion of the SC2 variant that will exhibit a high level of virulence and infectiousness in vaccinees while sparing the unvaccinated from this impact. Think about that. It's creating a situation where it's going to dramatically increase the problem of this illness that will only dramatically affect the people taking these injections. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Unreal that this is being pushed forward right now to be pushed in kids' arms, children. Here's another study that's pointing out that, in general, the lipid nanoparticles or pre-exposure to the mRNA lipid nanoparticles inhibits adaptive immune responses and alters innate immune fitness in an inheritable fashion. Wow, so now we're talking about this being translated down to your kin, your, your children. Your, first of all, what it's saying is to be exposed to this hurts your adaptive immune response, which, by the way, we've already seen. There's plenty of peer-reviewed science that's already making this argument. Despite, I mean, the clearest example is that you, they're arguing you need this every three months. That's not the, system, the, the drug not working. That is your body failing. And that we've already seen this. The increase of 75% negative efficacy of infection after three months. Here's what it says. As always, please read the whole thing. Now, this, there's a lot. These are just the select points that are important. First, our data show that the administration of the mRNA lipid nanoparticles inhibits humoral responses to a second dose of the vaccine for at least several weeks. Now, that, first of all, is why they're stretching these out a little bit. 
This finding is highly relevant from a human health perspective, as it suggests that a second dose of mRNA vaccine may be more effective given at a later time point and different location than currently used, which is problematic for everything they're saying, especially since right now, if they wait too long, that little period where you become dramatically increased risk of infection, that's, that's exactly what they're trying to stop. At least that's what it seems. So at the end of the day, you've created a situation where you take it too early, you're screwed. You take it too late, you're screwed. So this is not how your body is breaking down. Second, it says, our studies suggest altered uh, hetero, uh, hetero, uh, how do you say that again? This is, I'm, I'm going to probably hack the word protection against fungal and viral infections. And this is the main point that I keep making, guys. It's creating the problem that then makes you susceptible to any other risk of infection by the mRNA lipid nanoparticle platform. You're creating a situation where you have an increased risk of fungal and viral infections in general. I mean, my God, how is that not the most important thing? Whether this is you're, you're making yourself more sickly. And this is not just this one study. It is one in a many, in a long, large body of scientific research that's making, saying the same point. Now, the problem with all of this is not, is like if you were in a place where, like in Israel, where the 90 plus percent of people got injections, well, you might think you were over that. Guess what? In this first place, that had the most injections, all Pfizer, as of today, as of the second, yeah, today, only 2.4% of the population in Israel, according to their government, is considered vaccinated. Not fully, but just vaccinated. That's it. 29.4% is unvaccinated, which I'm not even sure how it's possible because that was, that's, that's higher than the, like 90 plus percent of them had at least one injection. Or I believe most of them are two. So they're probably calling people unvaccinated that don't have a certain amount. Think about how crazy that is and how that translates into numbers they report. But then they're calling 68.19% of the population expired. Only 2.4% are considered vaccinated. That's after getting two, three, four shots, guys. Do I have to say it? I mean, how many, how, how many times do we need to see the conspiracy theorists be exactly proven to be right? Now, this is what it translates to, at least in, in many cases. Now, I'm going to go ahead and start with this point. But here's a, a uh, it's called the Comrades Marathon. Comrades is back. And if you want to run, you have to be vaxxed. Here's another example where they write it right in the impact of the Comrades entry that says you'll be required to produce your vaccine certificate. So if, if, to be in this marathon, you had to be vaccinated. Just so that's clear out of the gate. August 29th, second death confirmation. Rocks 2022 Comrades. Two deaths are way too many. The Comrades Marathon has been rocked by another tragedy of a participant who died while participating. So one of these wildly fit marathon runners dies while running the marathon. Because that happens all the time, right? 47-year-old, uh, hard, hard name to pronounce, who ran for the, the uh, Adventist Athletic Club, died suddenly, of course. It's always what we hear these days. Sudden adult death syndrome, right? To catch all for unexplained death. Leading cause of death most places in the world these days. Who would have thought? While on the course to Durban. He collapsed, declared dead when the medical team arrived. So healthy enough to join a marathon, to begin the marathon, to run the marathon, but then instantly die and die on the scene. What does that sound like to you? Exactly what you probably think. This follows, this follows news earlier in the day of another person in the same marathon who also collapsed and died. Yeah, totally normal, right? 
James added that a total, this is the craziest part to me, guys. So two have died. I've heard talk of a third, but I haven't been able to prove that. On top of the two that died, a total of 74 runners who are there went to the hospital. 74 runners in this marathon on top of the two that died, or maybe total, including them, went to the hospital. 41 to St. Augustine's, 33 to a different hospital after comrades shut its medical facilities. So they only went there because uh, they were being overwhelmed with their medical facilities. Two of the people that went there remained in ICU presently with one still on a ventilator. So it's possible third person died. Why can't we see that there's a problem here? Again, I think it's pretty obvious what this is. But even for those that are desperate not to see because their paycheck depends on them not seeing it. How about you just acknowledge that there's a problem at the very least? That these people, have, there's something around the world suddenly killing all these people and nobody wants to explain it. And no, it wouldn't be because lockdown, because then it would be explainable. It would be cancer or something you could explain. These are unexplainable deaths that nobody wants to point at. It's quite obvious what's happening, guys. As Liam Outloud points out, when the world's fittest people start mysteriously dropping like flies, it's time to get answers to the questions many of us have been shamed for asking. He says, to those trying to link articles from people collapsing in marathons nearly 20 years ago from heat, it was 19 degrees Celsius and one of the coolest days of the month when that happened. Do, he says, do at least some thinking before deciding to turn your brain off. You might find out you actually enjoy it. Exactly. It's very frustrating that that happened. Oh, here's a, here's a debunk, an article that says I'm not supposed to agree with you. Fake news fact check, right? They desperately look for anything that says, here's why you don't have to agree with him. I knew it. Fake news. And then the point was, we know that they're all vaccinated. Now, I want to just reiterate this before we get to the next part that we just discussed this. It's a huge point that hopefully didn't go unnoticed that Ralph Barrick from University of North Carolina in a lab spent considerable amounts of time in the 80s and 90s and lots of money coming from the U.S. government to literally focus on how to induce myocarditis with coronaviruses. I mean, it's just, you almost want to, you almost feel like saying you just can't make this stuff up. I mean, my God. And here is the actual document that we already showed you. Coronavirus-induced myocarditis in rabbits. Coronavirus-induced rabbit cardiomyopathy. I mean, there's a whole bunch of it. Ralph Barrett. So on that note, Boo shares this. That that was very interesting. It says, let's see, let's see who wins the prize for the universal flu vaccine, right? Well, we've been calling that for quite a while. Fauci and them and pushing this idea before this ever started. All of this is meant to kind of overlap into the creation of their universal injection for everything, apparently, using the mRNA platform, right? For all of us that think this just came up because COVID and we saw this rise in new technology. Well, no, they've been trying to rationalize, justify, and push this in for a long time using the exact same stuff. So ask yourself how they can fail, 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 not get it done, not get enough. And then suddenly, simultaneously, four companies independently achieve the same thing at the same time. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Or rather, specifically in the case of mRNA, too. But the point that all of them take the same direction with the same thing. I mean, it's just incredible. Talking about the spike protein. Here is what they're sharing. Now, first of all, you'll see Department of Health and Human Services. This is 2018. And this is the National Archives document. National Archives and Records Administration, 1985. It's posted on 2018. So here, was it 201? Yeah, 201. So here, Department of Health and Human Services. Now it says this, uh, basically just says an invention listed below, an invention, so we know what we're talking about. You can see the National Institute of Health right there, HHS, NIH. 
This agency listed below, or excuse me, the, the invention listed below is owned by the agency of the U.S. government, right? So here's what the invention is. Pre-fusion coronavirus spike proteins and their use. <clears throat> now it says description of technology. <clears throat> it says coronavirus, coronaviruses can cause severe respiratory disease and on and on and on. And it goes on to list these off. And it talks about the creation of a spike protein, uh, basically creation. Right now, down here, it gets into, I believe, right here. Let's just read through. Well, there's a part, I, you know, I, I forgot I was going to highlight, but it's hard with the PDFs. The main point's right over here. I just want to make sure I didn't forget to miss something here or talk about something. No, okay, it doesn't look like it. It does say increased protein expression, stability, manufacture. There's a part in here that says, oh, the stabilized prefusion coronavirus spike protein can be used as a vaccine antigen to elicit robust neutralizing antibody responses in, in 1989 or 85. Oh, no, excuse me. I take that back. 2018. I'm, I'm remembering the date on the top of this. It was 1985, but 2018. So long before we're even being told about this and they're trying and failing, what we know this is there. This, that's not a big, big story. They've quietly talked about this research behind the scenes as if it's not related to what's happening today. But here's the main point. Under same point of health and human services, NIH, novel multivalent nanoparticle vaccines. Look at that. Description of technology, current seasonal influenza vaccines are designed to elicit immunity circulating strains of influenza each year. Right? The targeted strains are selected based on, that's what they tell us now and they still pretend that's the case. But it says this prediction must be made well ahead of time. Right. So as we should always remember, the, the argument is, and that somehow makes sense scientifically, they just guess. They just guess. They just take a shot in the dark and say, that's probably the dominant strain this year in the future. So we'll, we'll produce a bunch of vaccines and put it out there. And they don't test it again. Right. That's what they just admitted to today. Well, same kind of thing. We don't taste it safety every time. Why does that make sense to anybody? But it says scientists at the NIAID and Fauci's de department are developing an alternative approach for design and production of seasonal influenza vaccines. The design includes recombinant fusion proteins that self-assemble into nanoparticles with influenza antigen proteins. You know what that sure sounds like? Like the whole graphene dioxide discussion and all these different things and why that isn't the discussion of what's happening with this one. Where's that in this con? Where's the self-assembling nanoparticles in the current one? It's the same platform and the same, same exact research. Kind of interesting. Further engineering these recombinant fusion proteins, the scientists have developed nanoparticles that simultaneously display multiple strains of influenza, viral protein antigens. So here's my question. Is that already what's been tested on? Where did that part go? I That just disappeared in the background. I think we need to ask these questions today. Bottom line is, in the age of time, it's obvious that they've been working on this exact thing, the universal style of vaccine that's just been applied to where we currently are. It's all about an agenda that's already been there. Then you should ask, maybe you even think that's the right thing to do, but you should ask whether or not that is being driven in because that's what they want to be the platform and maybe it's not even the best or safest thing. That's come like a very uh, uh, trusting them kind of event, which I'm not asking you to do. For those that believe that they're out there just trying to do what they think is right. Maybe they're focusing on the platform because this is what they're supposed to be driving forward. But then stand back and realize that all the lies and manipulations and blatant unscientific push, it's clear that there's nefarious things happening around all of this. And we need to ask what that may be. And then we can stand back and look at the world today and very clearly see, at the very least, 
This experiment is not working the way that we were told that it would, and they're covering that up. Since the end of March, Golden Pup points out, the share of COVID-19 deaths attributed to those with three-plus doses has doubled from 39% to 80%. Yeah, because that's how you know it's working, right? My God. And here's the link. Check it for yourself. It's, it's Public Health of Ontario. We've been over this many times. Here's another example from an ethical skeptic. A reminder, 355,000 young, younger persons died between 3 of April 2021 and August 2022. From a factor, basically, I mean, the, the bottom line here is that there is an unbelievable amount of excess death specifically in kids and younger people, as well as the elderly, by the way, but that, that's the part that they admit to, that is just across the board. You can't point at SADS and SIDS as the leading cause of death around the world and not realize there's a problem that they're trying to keep from your view. Now, on the idea of one small focus on this that I've tried to call out from the very beginning, the, the idea that nanoparticles are safe for your body is not the truth. Now, to be clear, nanoparticles or nanotechnology do not always mean robots. Just anything small enough to be nano-sized is considered a nanoparticle. But the idea is that just in general, nanoparticles or nanotechnology specifically is dangerous to your body. And they've already done studies on this. The NIH found that it can cause cancer, reproductive problems. That stopped them from using this? No, not even remotely. Then you add mRNA and spike proteins and everything else, and it's just a perfect storm. But as I pointed out, or rather first, Dr. Peter McCullough writes in this study, nanoparticles in preprint study, writes, lipid nanoparticles turning out to be a bad idea for mass administration of novel vaccine technology. Biodistribution to brain, heart, adrenals, ovaries, testes has been a disaster. Now this lipid nanoparticles impairing immune responses as body tries to recover from every six month setbacks. Well, I... I'm glad he's saying that. I just, how long have I been yelling about nanoparticles in general potentially being dangerous for the body? And I ate studies from before COVID found they could be causing all the things I just listed off. Thank you, Dr. McCullough, for calling this out. Now, if you want to go back and look, we've been talking about this for a while. This one's from 2021. Specifically, the known risks of nanoparticles. Right? Again, this is not just about saying we were there first. Recognize why this platform is valuable to people, guys. Recognize why you should be supporting this platform because we are that far ahead of some of these things. Not everything. I miss things like anybody. But that, a 2021 discussion that is only just now breaking through, even in the peer, in the science, because we researched these things because I thought about it and said, well, what about that? Let's research nanoparticles and went a deep rabbit hole down old down old research and old papers and found out that, yeah, even the NIH found they're dangerous and then looked forward and found nowhere where they found otherwise. So they knew they were dangerous, used them anyway. That's the point. Here's another one. Vaccines and nanoparticles. December 8th, 2020. Going back even before. This is the first one I believe I did. Where we're diving in. One second. <laughs> just had to grab something really quickly, but where we get into the idea that these things are potentially dangerous, like starting this conversation. Now, here's another one. Pfizer says jab, not meeting safety profile, illegal emergency use authorization, lipid nanoparticles, not for human use. Now that discussion is about the idea that it's listed. When you look up lipid nanoparticles on these previous documentation, they literally say not for human use. And of course they've got an explanation for that and why it doesn't apply. Well, guess what? Sure as hell seems like it might actually apply. But you can read these for yourself. 
Now, quickly, I'm going to come back on this one in general, but I want to include this because he's been doing great work on this since the beginning. Vaccines are taking an average of five months to kill people, according to new research. This is coming from Steve Kirch's newsletter, and he breaks down the scientific rationale behind it. But the re- the point is, we're seeing this this extent, like even Fauci in this clip we just played the other day. I think I still have it up here, saying that you know it could take twelve years for this stuff to pop off. Right? Why aren't they considering that today? When after fifteen minutes, nothing else after that matters, right? Many scientists are beginning to believe that a vaccine against AIDS may be impossible to make and too dangerous to test. If you take it and then a year goes by and everybody's fine, then you say, okay, that's good. Now let's give it to uh, 500 people. And then a year goes by and everything's fine. You say, well, then now let's give it to thousands of people. And then you find out that it takes 12 years for all hell to break loose. And then what have you done? And then Ryan Cole goes on to make the same argument about what we're seeing today. How can you how can you not have a statement like that on the record and then today act like anybody after 15 minutes is a conspiracy theorist? They hope they just hope that you're that stupid. And guess what? They're wrong. And they're finding that out to their detriment. Well, just to kind of laugh at where this has gone, I, I don't even understand what they think this is supposed to mean. Pfizer yesterday simply tweeted out the word science. Not capitalized, not with a sentence, just the word science. I mean, it's, what's the intention there? Like that, I mean, there's only, I mean, you could think into this however you want. I'm not going to pretend I know what their intentions are, but it's interesting, isn't it? It almost feels to me like, like hubris science, like their science or like, this is like that, just a word. Like, it's almost like they're taunting people. I mean, first of all, as we would laugh at the fact that what they're pointing at as saying science, as they're literally ignoring scientific research, hiding the reality of what these are doing, dragging out the release of documents. I mean, yeah, real science, right? And fun, it's funny when you, if you just take a quick glance at the comments, it's hilarious. Somebody types fraud with a P, you know what I mean? Like every, everybody in these comments are going like, yeah, right. You guys are ridiculous. But isn't it strange? It's almost like they're well aware that they know we see what they are and it's just about they don't care. This just my personal take. Who actually knows who's in control of the platform or the account? But I went back a little bit and found another one. And it, it, this is the kind of thing they're doing. Pfizer writes on July 7th, the future looks brighter with science. And it says, if you don't believe in science, I don't even see you. Right. And th- this is the point that I'm trying to make. This is the same thing with the, the MAGA discussion, anything else. I said, who doesn't, who doesn't quote, believe in science? That's like saying you don't believe in the fact that you're alive. Like science is not the, when you say believe in science, what they're saying is trust what they told you that thing says. That's not what, science is a concept. As I said, that's a false dichotomy. Everybody out there believes that science exists. It says you simply state without cause or evidence that anyone pointing out your deceptive tactics and lies are anti-science, despite them literally using the scientific method to point out that you're lying. That is actually what anti-science truly looks like. The point is, trust the scientific method, which, by the way, can regularly find that even things you thought were true could turn out to be wrong, because then you evolve with the information. Sort of like how they act like, it's all settled, right, up until they get caught, then they go, whoa, it evolves, because they're ridiculous. But believe in science is like saying trust the science. That's, that is gospel. It's doctrine. And they are the new, they are the new ideologues, guys, and this is what they're pushing. So when they act like you're anti-science because you don't agree with them, all they're doing is saying you don't trust what we're saying is the reality. 
And that in itself is science to be able to question these things and engage and research and investigate. That's the scientific method. Not me and researching it, but the idea that we should be able to and that people that can continue to go forward and question these things can produce new studies and challenge existing ideas. That's what's supposed to be the method of all this. But nope, you just have to believe in what they tell you. Just like she said, right? If you not in the majority, you're an extremist. They all eat that up. Now, I'm going to include this, by the way. I, for reasons I have to kind of get out of here quickly, but this is a, a clip that I'm going to play probably in a future show that I want you guys to check out. It's in a leaked video, a research team commissioned by the Israeli, uh, uh, um, shoot, I'm just blanking on the, the Ministry of Health, geez, warns, quote, we'll have to think medical legal how to present our findings to avoid lawsuits, it says. Why? Because of quite a few side effects, we said. Okay, it exists and reports to exist, but still get vaccinated, right? This is them on record being caught saying that we have to figure out how to do this so we don't get sued. This is the same thing Pfizer does. Remember, don't forget Israel's Pfizer's lab, as they even said themselves. This is just crazy how obvious this is. People will go down on the wrong side of history with this because it's too far past this. It's not, unless they completely change everything in the Great Reset way, which they're trying, there's going to be a time where this stuff gets ex examined and these people probably won't get held accountable. I hope they do. History shows you they usually don't. But that the average individual that was towing this line is going to be forced to admit they were wrong or, I don't know, go down fighting as if they always were right, like a Scott Adams kind of a way. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. But the reality is, guys, the evidence is all on the table. It's embarrassing how wrong they were and how right you are. But he, there are some people that have been speaking up. Remember the people of the, the, the members of parliament in the EU, I, I pointed out very early on, who stood up and called this out. Here is Christine Anderson still fighting back. I mean, this is the same reason, the same way I pointed out Congress, who were unaware that they were putting out emergency authorized injections while claiming they were approved or unaware that they stopped, they didn't stop transmission. Like how embarrassing. And that's the point. These people are either very dishonest or some of the most uninformed people out there. They have to be confronted with this as the, as you and everybody out here is aware of these things because it's easy to see. They just go watch their own mainstream media as if that keeps them informed. Here's what she said. Uh, first of all, I have to comment on uh, what you said earlier. The uh, pharmaceutical companies did not produce at their own risk. Um, they produced something which turned out not to work um, and adverse side effects. They will not uh, be held liable for that because the member states are compelled to reimburse the pharmaceutical companies for that. So I would kindly ask you not to spread fake news. Thank so first point, they're happily spreading the lie that they did this at their own risk and then we have to respect that. Well, no, they all got indemnity. And if they didn't, if they weren't given indemnity, they left the country. We saw numerous examples of this around the world. And they said, oh, well, we, we, we don't want that to reimburse you from our own, uh, you know, using our, or put up our own military bases as, as collateral, which literally happened. No, 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 then we're going to leave them. Or we want to see the documentation. No, 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 we're going to leave them. Screw you. So that means people in the European Parliament are literally lying or don't know any better. Thank you. Uh, my second point is um, it's today, August 30th, 2022, third year into this pandemic. What we've been seeing, a uh, vaccination campaign started in November 21. What we're seeing now is excess deaths 
and there seems to be a correlation in vaccine coverage and excess deaths, and we see a drop in birth uh, rates. So what's your explanation on that? And I would ask you, um, on this day, August 30th, is it still your position today that these vaccines are safe and effective and are not responsible for an increase in access deaths, drop in birth rate, and are not the cause for peculiar diseases like sudden adult death syndromes. Thank you. Thank you. Now, again, I, I, I know it's a translation thing too, but I hate that we call it a disease. It's not a disease. It is an, a catch-all, unexplainable category. That's not a disease or, or an assessment or a diagnosis. It's saying, we have no idea. Let's put it in that category. That's what SIDS and SADS are. Make sure everyone around you knows that because that is very quickly becoming a thing that's driving me crazy. But what's crazy about this, and it is cl uh, clipped. I'm not sure if it's by Rise Melbourne or not, but it is truncated and cut down. But just understand that their response is exactly what it does look like. She asks very clear questions about correlation and provable information. And all they can do is go, yes, they are safe and effective because we know and blah, blah, blah. And that, that's how they respond. Watch. The vaccines are absolutely effective and safe. The vaccines are absolutely effective and safe. It, it's enough to read the numbers. It, it's enough to read the numbers. It's uh, the economist who has never been a friend has written that we have saved at least 20 million people. It's uh, right. Oh, good. So the economist said we did. So we did. Wow. These are the people that are telling us how to think because of science. And she is taking on the on the taking at face value that the economist was correct. Why? Because they wrote that. I mean, my God, how about the reality that this is just a number they're putting together based on subjective arguments that you guys have made? Talk about self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, that's crazy. And her argument that she's putting forward is look at the correlation of the excess death. They don't even get into that. Just go, oh, well, it's safe and effective because didn't you hear it was safe and effective? Well, it's safe and effective because we said it was safe and effective. Good, good answer. The economist who has never been a friend has written that we have saved at least 20 million people. So let me say, we want to go by facts and the facts prove that the vaccines are effective and the facts prove that the vaccines are effective. Vaccines need to be there in the quantities needed by the member states, and we will do everything to provide the member states with that. So I defend the vaccines. So I defend the vaccines. Please get vaccinated if you don't want to have a severe case of COVID. Please get vaccinated if you don't want to have a severe case of COVID. But it's a choice. It's also a choice eh, at the end of the day. Of course, yeah, it's a choice, though. It's a choice to, to, to not have to live your life and live in the forest and not have a, a car or, or a phone. or you know, like, It's a choice, though. It's always been a choice. I mean, it's just so infuriating. None of that had to do with what she asked. It's tripling down on the idea that we know it's safe and effective because we were told that because the data shows the facts are all very clear. Well, she just pointed at facts that you didn't even talk about. What about the excess? What about all the reasons that we know? Or how about the fact that it doesn't cause myocarditis until you admitted that it does? Or the fact that there's no such thing as blood clots associated with this until we proved that it did? Or the fact that Bell's palsy or VITT or heart attacks or anything else, totally fake news up until it's true. How does that work out? Right. But trust the science because faith safe and effective. Right. Well, here is the problem that we're seeing everywhere in California seems to be leading the charge on a lot of this. Dr. McCary points out that California is now arguing this. It's already been the kind of the status quo. 
But now we're seeing states initiate legislation that argue that you cannot challenge the, quote, scientific consensus. That's the same thing she's saying about the MAGA group, right? If you're outside the majority, you're the extremist. Well, here's the scientific COVID version of that. Well, they get to decide. And when they say scientific consensus, they mean the political consensus. They tell the scientists to say, and that is that they agree on this argument. Therefore, if you say anything else, you lose your license. Well, how about the fact that that's no longer a doctor? The doctor's supposed to be making choices about what they see in front of them and making the best decision, not going, what am I told I'm supposed to say here? But that's what science and doctors have become in the broken reality they've created. That's the problem here, guys. That's the frustrating problem that we're in. Now, I want to play this really quickly. Many scientists are beginning to believe that a vaccine against AIDS may be impossible to make, and too dangerous to test. If you take it and then a year goes by and everybody's fine, then you say, okay, that's good. Now let's give it to uh, 500 people. And then a year goes by and everything's fine. You say, well, then now let's give it to thousands of people. And then you find out that it takes 12 years for all hell to break loose. And then what have you done? And the FDA failed in this, and they, they allowed them not to submit the numbers for the absolute risk reduction, the ARR. So it literally takes 120 people to get two shots to decrease symptoms in one, one patient. And so of those 120, how many people are going to end up with autoimmune disease two to three years down the road? Okay, I got I to wrap this up. My, my pup is not having any of it. She wants to get out of the room. So let's finish this up in general, guys. The point is that we're seeing this rapidly escalate. Here's Bernie's tweets. Now, why would the Public Health Agency of Canada begin recruiting security guards for its quarantine facilities again, pushing authoritarian nonsense again on those considered a danger to society? Well, the bottom line is, in one way or another, this is coming back. We keep seeing that, whether it's climate change, lockdowns and quarantines or the new COVID argument or the monkeypox argument or whatever else they want to push. Floating this and floating that, the idea is they're clear, sure as hell, beginning to bring back these ideas, getting to, you know, more guards for the facilities, more mandates in place, more legislation, more. It's all coming back. It's all being prepared and the infrastructure never went away. That's the important part of this. And the last part that'll make probably... Laugh out loud. That's why I told you a really quick part at the end, but still it is in fact happening. Geopolitics and Empire, which by the way, you should check out if you haven't. Great work. He says, hashtag COVID-1984 forever. The University of California, of course, Berkeley has introduced a mask mandate for students who have not taken the flu shot. The flu shot. God dang, this is just getting so far out of control. And it's exactly what we told you. I mean, I in fact think we argued this exact point conspiracy theory they'll never make you wear a mask remember that outrage as berkeley is now demanding students wear masks if they're not vaccinated against the flu how can this be the case how in the world can it be the case where colleges are now deciding that you have to you have to wear non-pharmaceutical interventions that never been allowed before They've moved that allowance, and now they're just going to take this. Like, they're not even making this the case now as the scientists, as the CDC. So who is, in fact, setting the science? Are they trusting the science, or are they trusting the narrative, or their virtue signaling, or what they've decided is the right thing? Overtaken by the push of mass so aggressively, so politicized by the CDC and the government, that now they're broken by it. 
They're warped by it. They're thinking masks have to be worn all the time every day. There are actually people that argue masks should be ubiquitous all the time because of how successful their social engineering, their psychosis was. But this is actually happening. Masks are required during flu season, if not vaccinated for the flu. Announcement came from the school's website. The guidelines also strongly recommend that all people in Berkeley wear masks indoors, regardless of their vaccination status for COVID. Sure, that sure worked out for you, didn't it? Vaccines apparently mean nothing anymore, except for the fact that you're doing the right thing and you get a badge, except that you're hurting yourself in the process. But should it says someone should tell UC Berkeley that they should follow the science, right? Because <laughs> the point is, the science does not back up the idea that you should be warned. And even they are being forced to slowly admit that. But here we are, right? We're just doing it anyway because they want to. The Fulgen effect. This study revealed that wearing face masks might impose a great risk on individuals. New study, face mask usage correlates with higher death rate, was not able to reduce transmission also suggests the universal use of masks may have had a harmful unintended consequence. The carbon dioxide can- content in inhaled air rises on average to 13,000 parts per million, no matter whether children wear a surgical or a higher level mask. This study, the random controlled trial of cloth masks, moisture retention, reuse of cloth masks, and pore filtration may increase your risk of infection. Cloth masks should not be recommended. In the pooled analysis of everything, we found no significant reduction in influenza transmission with the use of face masks. There is limited evidence for their effectiveness in preventing influenza virus transmission, either when worn by the infected person for source control or when worn by uninfected persons to reduce exposure. Our systematic review found no significant effect of face masks on transmission of laboratory-confirmed influenza. And that's just, you've seen the clip, guys. It's just a quick little clip of of multiple peer-reviewed studies. And the point is, I've done this endlessly since the very beginning of the mass conversation. And it's still somehow going on. Well, here's just another example on top of everything else we've already shown you. Spanish preprint study, this is the preprint on face masks in school, has now been published in peer-reviewed BMJ archives. Conclusion. We found no significant difference in COVID in SARS-CoV-2 transmission due to face covering mask mandates in schools. What a shock. They're not statistically significant in reducing transmission. Say it again with me, guys, over and over. Here's the study. Read it for yourselves. To finish off, I've done this endlessly, as you guys know. Here's the show from yesterday, which I hope you check out. U.S.-funded research on coronavirus-induced myocarditis. And, of course, the green police is also a point in there that I hope you guys will check out. That's real. But down here at the bottom, as you'll see, I still include, I used to have a lot more of them, but the four main shows and and, and articles around this, the great mask deception, do masks cause bacterial pneumonia, mask science is clear, doubting the science behind wearing masks, you should watch this video, and masks are making you sick, it seems that's simply part of the plan. Now this, in within those are lots of links around this peer-reviewed science going back before COVID, during COVID, after everything, showing you exactly the case. Very, 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 very clear. So hopefully you'll check it out because the reality is not only do they not work in the way they're telling you they do, but they're increasing your risk of illness. They knew that. The only random controlled trial for cloth mass showed very clearly that they increased your risk of illness. They knew that. They pushed them anyway. You can't miss how clearly this has been orchestrated, guys. Now to finish off, just since I'm here, I'll point you to the donate page here if you guys want to check it out. Because that's the only way we can keep this going, guys, if you can support this platform. Because I truly believe that whether we're talking this show, the Daily Wrap-Up, or Derek's excellent research, or Whitney Webb's excellent research, or Taylor Hudak's outstanding interviews, or Robert Inlakesh's incredible research in foreign policy, that 
there's a lot of value to what we bring to the table. And I hope you guys can help support that. Those that already do, thank you so much for your support because we couldn't do this without you. Now, in no way am I asking those that already do to double their efforts. The point is, all I really want from you guys to do is go out there and spread the work, share the content, discuss this, have conversations with people. But we can't do it without your support. So please help us where you can, because at the end of the day, we're never going to stop doing this. But I'd like to make this bigger and grow to a point to where we can no longer be ignored. And that goes for anybody in this field, that we want to continue to get the message out there to people that don't know that it's there. Now, thank you for being here, guys, and continuing to fight. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. From the President's office in the White House in Washington, D.C., we present an address by the President of the United States, Dwight D. Eisenhower. In holding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific, technological elite. 